Hello everyone, welcome to the Self Love Society. This is the podcast for people who are on the journey of self-discovery and wellness with a dash of foolishness sprinkled on top. This is a safe place to learn, laugh, and discover your own individual path. Let's start the show. Hey guys, how you doing? My name is Sai K. and Carol the Love Guru. And my name is Tony Gillen. Um, licensed professional counselor. <laughs> I be wanting to say my my credentials. I'm like M uh, M Masters of Education in Counseling. Hey, professional counselor. Flex, flex on the one time. I'm my name on documents. So <laughs> when I say my name, I automatically think to say the credentials afterwards. <laughs> so yes, I'm licensed professional counselor. I promise he licensed, even though he hesitates every time. <laughs> I am licensed. He and not and a real one, not a Doctor Umar license, a real one. Look, I like Doctor. <laughs> I like acting. You talking about my brother? The Frederick Douglass School. Frederick, no, was it Frederick Douglass Academy or something? It's something else. Marcus Garvey. Marcus Garvey. Frederick Douglass Academy. That's what it is. Lord have mercy. So many names. For real, that's long. I I be mad. What do you think that school is going to be built? What do you think it's going to be? You know, it's already ready. What's the holdup? He said the holdup was. AC and electricians and stuff like that. That's it. Yeah. It's been years. No, they got the buildings. The building, the buildings are paid for. I know, but so been, now it's been years since he's. Mm-hmm. So first thing was sort of, first thing was finding buildings, then getting the money for the buildings. They got that. Now they got to get the buildings up to code. They have two di- separate buildings. One building they said is closer to being up to code. The other one has a longer way to go. Where are they at? Philadelphia? I forgot. I remember he said something Don't about get me to line. Virginia. Yeah, they said they had a big old building. Look up, look it up on Google. He'll tell you where it's at. Marcus Garvey, Fred. Shout out to Dr. Umar uh, Johnson. Dr. Umar. Friend of the podcast. Anytime. You are. I would love to sit and talk to you. I would love to sit and listen because I ain't going to do too much talking. Yeah, Dr. Umar going to have his whole thing. You know, he like to talk. You know, he going to have his bullet for bullet. He be talking hard, too. He, he do. I bet he be spitting when he be talking. Uh, see, then I'm going to have to rinse out my little I mic. I mics be stinking. You know when you talk too hard on the mic, they stink afterwards. I don't think a lot of people know that, but they going to yeah, find you out. you walked up on the mic or somebody that just got done talking, be all breath in the mic. You just be sitting there. Just, hey. Just. That shit on pastors. Ooh. Ha. And then you walk down to Jericho. Ha. Ha. Like this is not this is this is just mm. side note. What's I that? A question. Speaking What's up, pastors? Uh huh. Why do when pastors preach they get into that whole shouting thing? Why? I I don't. Why is that? Who I, talks like that in regular life? Nobody in life. I don't I, understand it. I personally I don't appreciate it. It personally irritates me and it makes me feel like you're putting on a production. So I don't really like, I really, I've never really resonated with pastors who do that. I've always liked pastors who, um, like went back and forth with facts. Yeah. Like they go and they like. do like a lecture. Yeah. I've always loved those kind of pastors who would basically turn it more into a Bible study than a, uh, Production, like I don't like that. I never, ever, ever like that. Me, like I be invested in the lesson, and when they start doing that, I'm like, I literally grab my phone, and be like, all right, I'm out. 
Let me go look and see what's going on in the world. For real. I, I Yahoo.com. I'm the game. I'm telling you, I don't be paying attention. I be in my own little world. I'm like, listen, because what makes me irritated about it is because. Um, not mean to offend nobody This is just my personal opinion I've um, always been a person That is like a avid uh, person When it comes to like Spirituality Spirituality is a big part of my life You know um, I find it very interesting mm. So if you don't stimulate my mind Then I'm bored anyway Because one I'm not the average person That's just here this is the first spiritual thing I'm doing this week. You know what I mean? So if you're talking about something on a very surface lab level and then you're covering up that you're not diving deep into it by doing a whole bunch of hooping and hollering, I'm going to be aggravated. I'm going to feel like I wasted my time and I could have just been at home doing this on my own and getting further than I did sitting here yeah. with these uncomfortable clothes on in these, on this uncomfortable uh, pew. Yeah. For real. Yeah, I I, I just never, I've always been into, when I listen to a lecture or a preacher, I like to just be talked to. Yeah. I don't like the hollering and the jumping and the, the music and everybody get the shouting. I, that's just, I feel like that's, I, I think a lot like you, I feel like it's not real. Yeah. Um, I can understand being like excited and catching the Holy Spirit. I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Yeah, I don't. You want to know why I feel like it's so unreal? Why? Because everything is so choreographed. How do you already have something prepared for when you are going to shout? And then everyone knows the proper dance to shout too. And then everyone does the same thing. It's it's too. You think people make a lesson and be like, okay, right here, I'm going to shout. Yeah. I honestly do. So? I see it on TV, so I think that's what people do in real life. I, don't, I, I, don't I really pray life. that's not, but I really do. It feels it feels that way because it's just like if people don't shop, they be like, "Oh, y'all hear me out there? Let me run to the back again," and they just keep saying it until you start shouting. And it's just like, mm. "What's the plan here? Like, what 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 are we doing? What are we doing for real?" What's the what's the ultimate goal in this whole entire situation? Hmm. I just feel I don't know. I'm I'm a person to where I take very seriously doing your own doing being interactive in your own growth and who you are as an individual and the whole notion of sitting and waiting for somebody to do everything for you and you actually absolutely have no accountability to any of it. You know what I mean? Even when it comes to your spirituality, like you feel like there's nothing you're supposed to be learning, nothing you're supposed to be working on, nothing you're supposed to be doing, nothing you're supposed to be. Just all you have to do is sit in this pew and listen to somebody holler for two and a half hours and then that's it. I, I just feel like at some point in time in your life, you should look at that and be like, this can't be right. This can't be all that I'm required to do. True. In order to have a, some sort of spiritual situation. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. This can't be it. The, the, all I'm required to do is just listen. And then what I'm listening to is not really. Yeah. It's like the same 12 messages recycled over and over and over again with a different flavor on it. Yeah, I, I, I will say that. Um, I go. To, and so I'm a church person. I like going mm -hmm. to church. I, I really get a lot of. Uh, spiritual I get spiritually fed at church you mm -hmm. know for me it, it like ramps me up for the week 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say, like going to church, I don't know the last time I heard a le- I heard a uh, a sermon, and I left like, wow, that's what I needed, man. It's and, been a long time. But that was, to be honest, and I had this conversation. Um, I do a podcast uh, with a couple of my friends. It's called the Run- One Rule Church Podcast. And, um, Girl, how many podcasts you got? Child, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> child, I'm trying to solidify my... Talk about cake recipes. <laughs> <laughs> but on this particular podcast, it's a, a group of us who have actually left the church. And we all left the church for different reasons. And like I was telling it's a podcast them... podcast of heathens. It's a, see, see, there <laughs> you go. Joking, but on the first episode, you can find it on... Uh, it's a video podcast, actually, but you can find it on... Um, on I was going to say Netflix. I wish, child. Netflix. You can find... Look at me speaking into existence. <laughs> you better walk, okay? Come on, Netflix. Hey, come on, Netflix. <laughs> Big Netflix energy. Big Netflix energy. <laughs> I, that's what I'm talking about. You better put it on my tongue, God. Yeah. You see, I got it. Right. Netflix. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Said, child, you speaking too small, but you can find it on uh, Facebook. The One Rule... One Rule church podcast page it has all of our episodes on there it's on facebook mm-hmm. it's on facebook and it's also on um youtube so uh, Are you sure it's on there absolutely on your phone? no <laughs> you we go we we go live every um also live, every okay. but we go live every sunday for everyone that's been following our listen podcast, we don't know what the f is going, going on but for some reason they are not posting but you know what when they do post y'all gonna have like Four episodes in <laughs> one episodes. time. Right. So just keep looking I out. I understand. Uh, when they pop up, we'll definitely share them. Yeah. And so uh, on there, I was talking to them about my reason why I left. And a lot of people's reason why they leave the church is normally like, oh, you know, this is whack, blah, blah, blah. Like, God called me out of the church. Mm. And a lot of people, and, I, and they were talking, we were having a conversation about that. And... Well, one thing that I was telling them is I know that that's something that is typically not common for a lot of people to hear. I was called out of the church because the church was too too much of a distraction for me. You know what I mean? Me growing up, um, being a diligent member in the church from a youth, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Being a youth pastor while I was in my in high school and things of that nature, being a... Mm-hmm. Awesome. I was an evangelist. I used to go door to door. I used to do all kinds of stuff when I was I that. Yeah. Yes. So, um, um, being on praise team and stuff like it was like, if I would have stayed in church, I would have lost my um, relationship with God. Mm. So God called me out of the church. It was not best for me to stay. So yeah. um, me leaving actually mm. helped build my relationship with God yeah. um, because I saw too many fallacies in the church. Mm. I saw too much um, hypocrisy in the church and it started making me question God when really it wasn't God. It's the yeah. situation. You know mm. what I mean? So yeah. I, so God called me out of the church so that I can focus my eyes on what it need to be focused on. 
that's a good point. It speaks yeah. to a point of like a lot of people don't. Sometimes you get so caught up in the functions of church. Yeah. Like I gotta do this. I gotta be a part of the choir. I yes. Do this, uh, and that was I me. Do the, teach the class, and you lose the ability to connect the church anymore. You you lose church becomes like a job. You lose the relationship with yeah. God. That was what was happening to me. And a lot of people, when people assume things. Uh-huh. And normally I don't say much. I let people assume because it's not my job. Somebody was saying this today, you know, um, everybody, excuse my language, everybody talks shit about Jesus. But you know what Jesus didn't do? Correct them. Because it wasn't his place to worry about what people thought about him. So a lot of people have their assumptions or they talk or they say whatever mm. about me or why I walk, the, why I walk my spiritual journey the way that I walk. Mm. But until you ask me, you know what I mean? It's not for me to go around and Captain Crusade for my journey because my journey is for me. You know what I mean? And what works for me may not work for another person. I know what works for me works for me because God called me to walk this way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But people assume, oh, you don't go to church, you must be, you must hate God, you must go to hell. Yeah. Oh, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Sometimes, sometimes church <laughs> can be the reason that you leave. It really I know is. It was at what the time where I was really, really involved in my church's choir. I was mm-hmm. on all. I was in all the choirs. Mm-hmm. I was on the praise ensemble. Yeah. I was helping out with the children's choir. Mm-hmm. And I remember going to my past and being like, "Look, I feel like I'm singing, and I don't even understand. Like I'm singing, and everybody else is getting the the, the words. Like, and the I'm praises, not. And I'm just singing. I'm just. They just words to me. They just lyrics that I gotta learn. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel a connection to anything that I'm singing. Mm-hmm. I remember the pastor saying, like, you know, he gave me a letter that the pat that some person wrote about how his words like really spoke to her, and basically trying to tell me that you are being a blessing to other people, and, and to keep keep that as your mindset. But it's like, but here's another thing. So for because like I'm sure I brought up on this podcast before, but I'll bring it up again. Um, I do a podcast every Monday where I do like a motivational thing. I do a Bible thing on there on Monday mixed with some other stuff. And um, my sister circle podcast, we do, we do a whole two hour situation, two, uh, two hour minimum Mm -hmm. situation where it's like we go through the Bible. We go through a lot of spiritual tools at the same time each and every week. And, um, that's our way of doing work. You know what I mean? So, of course, each and every person is going to be called. You know what I mean? When you're in spirit, spiritual spirituality, you're called in one way or another. Uh, How that calling is, is for you. You know what I mean? I sing, but my calling is not to reach people through singing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just because I sing does not mean that that's the way that I'm supposed to reach people and a lot of times people outside of your calling and anybody who is outside of your calling is anybody that is not you or God will try to tell you what your calling is and they can't tell you what your calling is only God can tell you what your calling is and how you're supposed to reach people it doesn't matter what your talent is sometimes God blesses you with multiple talents and just because somebody can adequately see one talent doesn't mean that that's the talent that God is using for you to help reach people with that may be the talent God gave you to make money with True. You know what I mean? And a lot of times people get caught up in that. You know what I mean? I I know that music is not my main source of talent for reaching people. Mm-hmm. Talking is. Communication. I have the, a, a gift of 
simplifying a lot of things. You know what I mean? I could take things and turn it into a story and people be like, you know what? That made sense in a different way. I didn't expect for it to make sense. You know what I mean? That's a gift. I didn't know that that was a gift that I had until I spent time with God and God started showing me when I was having communication with other people, when I was out in the world, walking around in the world, God would tell me, go talk to this one, go talk to that one, go talk to that one. And as I'm talking to people, God is talking to me and telling me, see, see, you know what I mean? And that's how I figured out, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Even the whole podcast thing, that was something you can ask my, you can ask the Monica. She will tell you that is literally something that God told me that I needed to do. Mm. You know what I mean? So why do you think he told you that? Because I feel like that when it comes to um cuz I got this I got the call to do it um the end of 2019. Mm-hmm. And I was disobedient for a very long time. Mm. And then I finally caved in and started around uh September of uh 2020. I feel like that it was the reason why I was called to do the uh, podcast is because this whole situation that happened with COVID, a lot of people are going to start retreating. A lot of people are going to start going into hermit mode or their safe, safe places. Uh And it's going to be a lot harder to reach people, a lot harder to talk to people. Uh People are going to feel more comfortable after you spend a whole year not being around people. You start realizing how much you don't need to do a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? And um, I feel that that was... Lose that connection. Yeah. I feel that God was calling me to do that for people who may not feel the need to come out. But at the same time, they feel like they need to be able to connect to someone on a consistent basis. Or at least a weekly basis. So I decided to do these podcasts. You know what I mean? And So like for the listeners you talking about? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and also you know for my dual you know dual purposes for myself also you know what I mean because I get to see all my friends. Which That's is what dope. I was gonna say. I think that yeah. I personally just knowing you the way that I've known you, I think that you doing this pot these podcasts you've been doing was actually meant for you because I think well, that God know. knew everything you were going to go through. Yeah. And he needed you to be surrounded by people. I agree with that, too. God always has multiple. Mm-hmm. That's how he works. Yeah, look, I'm yeah. about to take you through some things. Yeah. I need, okay, I need you to get, I need you to have the monk. I need you to get Eric. I need you to get Tony. Uh, I, need, I need all y'all to just be around each other, surround each other, because you're going to need these connections. Yeah. And, and, and us, too. Yeah. You know? And I think that it's, and that's the beautiful thing about it because like at the beginning one thing that i do know about god and i know y'all we didn't started this podcast off y'all like what is going on but we taking the podcast where where it go today but one thing i do know about god is god might not always tell you the why or the what oh come on now you know what i mean the what or the why or the how but god or the when god just god is just going to tell you to go Mm. You know what I mean, and you have like run. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tell you where to go from there. You just don't yeah. Run when he say go, he say go. You know what I mean, and uh-huh. and um, you just gotta look at it like that. Like it may not make sense. One thing that I always find fascinating about the Most High is that 
it's like a it's like a good book or a good movie. It don't make sense when it start. You like, oh, no, you know what I mean? Whatever, we just doing this. But as you start going, you like, oh, this about to be lit. You know what I mean? You start getting little pieces. And even when you think you got it figured out, sometimes it'll flip and it'll be like, yo, I had no idea that that was going to even go to. And it's like, that's the beauty of being alone for the ride. That's a, the beauty for of submitting yourself. You know what I mean? And just really just. But, you know, I don't know. We, you have me going on and on. I, let me not. But no, this I, is. But that's that's just. But for me, that's more important for me in a spiritual walk than people seeing me have a spiritual walk. That was a hard struggle. That was a lesson that I had to learn. That was a choice that I had to make. Like, uh, we went to the Man Up uh, event. and uh, Shout out to Man Up. Shout out to Man Up. And uh, Thizzle spoke. Shout out to Thizzle. You know what? I had no idea who he was. I've seen Prior him, but that was my first time hearing him speak. Not I No lie. So, um, cause he does music. So, you know, me being in music, I've seen his name floating around and a lot of that. You said Grammy Award winning. Yes. Like, oh, I didn't know that. And so when he, he made a statement at the Man Up event where he says, um, a lot of y'all just look, look like you do something, but you have, you don't do it. You know what I mean? And that's a big thing. Like a lot of, I hope it didn't go over a lot of people's heads. But that was one of the reasons why I was called out of the church. Because I look real good. I look good. I look like I do this church thing well. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mother, huh? But my, for, listen, white. listen. I, listen, I was on everything that you can possibly, <laughs> I was a Bible Bowl champion. Oh, I was on Pathfinders, Pathfinders, Color Guard. We used to. Listen, I was on everything that you could possibly. Pathfinders was like, like Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts for the Lord. I was a temperance. <laughs> Brad, when I say I was you a junior, color guard at church. I absolutely, I was. I was. I, listen, I had. I was a. I was the drum major. Oh, the, I was a drum. Mm-hmm, I was a drum major. What kind of church is it? Listen, we had. Every, we had everything <laughs> and I was I was everything in that mug you know what oh I mean everything that you God. can think of I was doing it because <laughs> yeah. a lot of a lot of in oh. high school and things like that I couldn't do a lot of things because it conflicted with my faith oh, man. you know what I mean so I picked up a lot of activities while I was in church and I look good. When I say I look good, baby child, please. Bible Bowl. Uh, Bible Bowl is Bible like. Bowl. Bible Bowl was like. Yeah, imagine God. imagine being a mathlete or something like mm-hmm. that. And you're competing against. Now, imagine that with the scripture. Okay. So, we used, I used to. Listen, I used to tear them up. <laughs> I know my word. For real. To this day. Know it. Okay. <laughs> I missed well, the 500 mile. points. What was Joshua's <laughs> jacket called? For real. That's oh, listen, man. we used to it used to be a whole thing. So I used to look real good. You know what I mean? But I noticed um when I was in college, because you know I went to a Christian college, um my relationships started dwindling. Yeah. And um my it's, my it's relationships started dwindling and I went on a fast from 
anything secular for an entire year. So I didn't listen to secular music, didn't watch secular TV, didn't do nothing for an entire year. You know what I mean? And because I was trying to regain my connection back to God. And you know God told me at the end. What do you say? Lead the church. You said get on out of there. And you know what I said? Oh, this must be the devil. Right, because <laughs> this Cause can't they be. Say, they say, uh, they say, Satan comes to, to divide. Mm -hmm. And and I, it took me, it took me a long time. I'm not gonna lie, I didn't, I wasn't obedient when God first. It took me a long time. It took me. I left, came back, left again. Like it took me a long time because I was battling in my mind: was it really God, or was it not God that was telling me to leave? And um, you know. How God will ask and then God will make it impossible for you to go another way if you don't listen. You know what I mean? Like Jonah. Mm -hmm. God only going to ask you a couple of times and that's it. Yeah. I don't know. Um, God and I have an interesting relationship. That's awesome then. Um, you should have an interesting relationship with God. I'm trying to think. A lot of times... I don't know. It's it's funny because, so, man, there's so many different things. But um, for me, like, I, I guess I have a sense of humor, and so and so lot, does God. A lot of times, I I'll be laughing and joking with God a lot of stuff, and I know a lot a few times where I prayed and asked Him to like help me in situations. Mm -hmm. I had times where I've told Him like, look. I know what your word says. I know what you ordered me to do. I can't do it. I'm sorry. And uh, I remember, and this is a more intimate uh, ish detail. I remember when I was com contemplating on divorce, mm -hmm. right? And I remember things were just so terrible, and I was just miserable. Mm -hmm. And I remember going to God. I was trying to hold it together for my man, kids. I was there. Not for to, the kids, but I, I, I was trying to like, man, I don't want nothing to happen to my children. I need to be a covering to my family, and you know what's gonna happen if I leave. What's gonna happen to them? And, and I remember just like being so miserable. Where I got down to my knees, I said, God, whatever you gonna do to me, because I'm making this decision, you just gonna have to do it. Yeah, I cannot do this any longer. But why do you feel like God was gonna do something to you for making that decision? I think that. Because, okay, so I think that a lot of it was because of the my, the mindset that had been drilled into me from church and the people uh, that I was around that mm -hmm. were church-going people. Uh, when I would talk about marital issues, a lot of times people would just kind of give that, that you know, you know uh, message of, you know, God hates divorce. But where does it say and, that? And, and where does it say? <laughs> so, you know, I would hear about, you know, God hates divorce and talk about Paul or Saul whatever you want to call him and he talked about you know how there's only two reasons that you're able to leave a marriage or whatever and then you think about um, like all the married people you know they would say you gotta just pray through it or people that like you gotta hold hands and you just gotta work together nobody ever gave me an out nobody ever gave me a well shoot sometimes it ain't working mm -hmm. I never heard that message you know so from married people, 
it was keep hard work work hard at it. You gotta pray. You gotta hold hands. You gotta. And then from single people, they were like, I don't know nothing about marriage. I can't give you no advice on marriage. Right. So then it's like, shoot. So you're you left in the middle of what the hell do I do? Yeah. Because I can't get no answers nowhere. And so I felt like I was trapped. Mm-hmm. And I just remember feeling like, you know what? F it. If, if that, if something's, if God, if God, you know, didn't give me the right to leave my marriage and I'm deciding to leave, whatever penalties come from it, it's just going to come, God. Mm-hmm. You want to strike me down. Yeah. You know, I remember for a while I thought if I had any other family outside of that, he was going to punish me for it. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of irrational thoughts. Right. And going to therapy actually helped me to work it out, uh, helped me to realize that God was not this type of person. He wasn't a sadistic person that was trying to hurt me. I look at God now. It actually helped me in my relationship with God going through my divorce. It does. Because it allowed me to see that God is like a dad. He's like, I think about like my kids. Absolutely. My kids might do a lot of things. I'm like, look, that's not what you should do. But guess what? If they do it, Sure, I'm, I might be a little disappointed, but I'm still going to love them. They still invited to Thanksgiving dinner. I want you to say that again so people can hear it. God is like your father. For or real. Or if you don't have one, he's like a father. Or figure. a mother. Or a mother. Yeah, a you parent. You can do something totally wrong, and your parents are going to be disappointed. Mm-hmm. They might be upset. They might even yes, chastise they you. They might chastise you. They might take something from you or do something to you, whatever. But guess what? They still love you. Mm-hmm. They're still going to support you. They're still going to be there for you. They're still going to cheer for you. They're still going to come to bat for you. Mm-hmm. You know, they're still going to invite you to the house. You still invited. Yeah. You're still, you're still welcome. Yep. There is nothing that you can do yeah. to fall out of the grace of God. Yeah. And God we, is ten times. His love is ten times, hundred times stronger than that. Come on, Tony. So Don't start now. What your parents will do. Don't start in this. I will take that. In, Y'all, in Tony trying to make me. Tony trying to make me get up. And then, <laughs> and when you go to the, the land of the milk and honey, see, Tony trying to make me to, get up. Yeah. See, but no, that's something I had to realize on my own. For real. And from there, I felt like my relationship with God grew. Mm-hmm. I feel like everybody relation. This is my personal opinion. Of course, you know we are all different, but I feel like everybody relationship. This is all our personal opinion, guys. We yeah. are not, even though we are professionals in our own right, we are not a hundred percent right about everything. Nobody is. Nobody's perfect. Only person that we is are. right about your life is you. Yeah, and because only, it's and you. we are just people. Yeah. And so these are just our opinions. You know, and our perspectives based on our experiences. I think that every person um, will do better. Um, and have a better relationship with God when they go into some form of isolation. Mm-hmm. There is not a single biblical something. story of a single biblical person that did not have to go through some form of isolation mm-hmm. to find themselves closer to God. And yes. so this is why I advocate for leaving the church. You know what I mean? Not nec- even even if it's for a small period of time. You know what I mean? I don't want you, you to feel like that if you're not in the house of the church that God is not there. God is everywhere you are. God should be in your house. God should be in your heart. God should be everywhere you go. And yeah. if you don't feel that God is in your house or in your heart and everywhere you go, going to a church will not help you. 
that doesn't help you. The church house is supposed to be for fellowship. It's not supposed to be where you find God. Mm. And that's a something that I feel like church is where you learn about God. It's where it's, it's where like school. It's like fellowship. You know what I mean? Because you can learn about God at home, but it's where like how we're having right now, me and you right now, this is considered church in the definition of the Bible, where two or three are gathered mm-hmm. together is church. You know what I mean? So this is where you have dialogue with another individual. You're having church. You know what I mean? That's what church is for, so that you can have dialogue. Yeah. So that you're not you're not just creating things in your own mind Uh that you're bouncing situations against other people you know what i mean Uh that's the importance of church but church is not supposed to teach you everything you should be doing that also you know what i mean it's not supposed to give you a relationship with, with god you should be doing that daily i look at church like i look at school like you go to school and you get a formalized education you learn the abcs Mm -hmm. and the one two threes and then eventually you graduate and you go off into the world and you use what you've learned and you apply that to your life. I look and at I look church. At that as, I look at the, the application of church mm-hmm. into the real world as your spiritual is your spiritual foundation. That's what the relationship that you build with God is through your application of what you've learned into the real world. Because everything you've learned mm-hmm. may not trans may not transfer to the real world. And so mm-hmm. you learn to adjust. Right. You learn to say, Okay, this doesn't apply in this place or maybe I look at this differently. Right. Look at it this way. But you don't get that at church. Yeah, I look at church more as a hospital. Okay. So it's like where you go when you're sick, where you go when you need to pick me up, where you go when you need help, when you need to get back on your feet or whatever the case may be. I look at your analogy of school. I look at more so Bible study more of like school than church. You know what I mean? Well, just the concept of Yeah, but I understand what you're saying. But, like, going to, if you're a person that just goes on Sunday, I look at that as, like, going to the hospital. But if you're a person that goes to, like, Bible study or Sabbath school or Sunday school or whatever the case may be, that's more of, like, church because it's more so going into the word, learning. You know what I mean? Studying. Sometimes school is an escape for a lot of people. That's it's true. It's, it's a place true. Where people get a break from the real world. It's true. It was an escape for me. I love school growing yeah. up. But you know what I mean? Which is why I was really good at church. You know what I mean? But um I look at it that way. And the reason why I look at church that way is because it makes it easier for me to not judge church. Cause you don't judge nobody in the hospital. You go into the ER and you're sitting in the waiting room and somebody's there with a gunshot wound in their side. Another person is in a wheelchair. Another person's sick. Another person with a crying baby. Other person got a cut on their arm or whatever. You're not judging nobody in there. You in there because you're in there for whatever you're in there for. Mm-hmm. You're not looking at this one or that one or whatever the case may be. You're in there so that you can get healed so that you can go back out into yeah, your day. Man. But so I look at church that way so that when I go into a church and I see somebody doing something ridiculous, I don't be like, look at this fool over here acting ridiculous <laughs> because I wouldn't do that in an ER room. You know what I mean? I understand that everybody is here trying to get the same thing that I'm trying to get. So let me focus on what I'm trying to get so I get in and get out. You know what I mean? But that's just that's just my POV. That's just my point AV. Understand well, we're 35 minutes in <laughs> and we have not checked in with each other, <clears throat> so I'll start with you. How are you doing, Miss Inkiru, the love girl? 
I'm doing good. I'm so proud of myself today. It took me all of what two weeks to finally let uh hang up my uh curtains without falling off the ceilings, and I'm so proud of myself. Oh, I see you. I know, I know, oh, y'all. I listen. Short people can do tall things too, so I'm I'm, I'm having a good day today. Uh, don't try this at home, children. <laughs> For real, I was sweating. It was it didn't make no daggone sense. Stuff so stuff spitting. sweating. Oh, y'all, I have um a uh, a slight phobia of falling because um when I was working at a certain um ex job of mine um. They were very negligent with their um, safety. And um, I injured myself a couple of times by falling on certain things, off certain things. And so I, I get a little nervous when I am in situations to where I have to balance on stuff or possibly it could possibly put me into a situation. So that was a big thing for me. So I'm, I'm proud of myself. So falling from high places? Falling, period. I fell from... What about... I fell from hop. I know that's like a conquering thing. That's a whole other thing. Okay, okay. All right. That's intentionally done. We'll talk about that off off air. Okay, all right. (laughs) Off the record. Off the record. How you doing? Man, I'm terrible. I'm finna smack you. You are not terrible. (laughs) My life sucks. Um... Um, how am I doing? Tony, how are you doing? How um, are you doing? I'm, I'm okay. I'm decent. I am doing well. Um, my business, my practice has been jumping a little bit. I got new clients. And hey. It's so cool. Um, new clients. To, to do what I do. Um, it's actually helped me to refocus my career more, like my passion for what I do mm-hmm. more. Um, I think a lot of time working with kids, it gets it gets to be a little mundane a little bit. Yeah. And so doing my own practice, I get a chance to work with different people, mm-hmm. different situations, and so it's just really it's uh it, it adds more energy to it for me. Um, and so it's been exciting. Um, my kids are doing really well. Uh, summer, they're they're about to end school, and so now we got summertime coming up. And I've been thinking of trying to find ways to um, just kind of be more, f- just try to be more of a father to them, like helping them with finding out what their passions are. I talked to my daughter today about like what does she like to do, like what is she thinking yeah. about doing for her career, her life, and stuff. Because at one yeah, because it's a, around that time. She's about to be in eighth grade, and yeah. it's, it's early, but still, you know, it's good to have those conversations. And I asked her today about what she wanted to do when she got older, and her answer was, "I don't know. I have no idea." And I was like, "Wow!" Like when I was, when I used to ask you this question when she was younger. Her, she had all these answers. She wanted to be a teacher. She wanted to be a dancer. She wanted to be a lawyer. She, you, I was like, you had all of these. But things. you know what? I was the same way around that time. Like, and you know why I was why? that way around that time? Like, the closer it got to the fact that it was a reality, the more scared I got about it, mm-hmm. making the wrong choice. Like when I got into eight, like I used to be like, I want to do this, I want to do that. And once I got into eighth grade, it was like, what you want to do? I'm like. But were you interested in things? I was interested in a lot of things. See, my daughter's not interested in anything. Was she not before the, before now? She used to be. And then this is like, 
everything that she does now, she just watches TV. Hmm. And so I'm wondering if this is like a phase. So I can take this different ways. I can take it as, okay, this is a phase. And eventually she's going to find something that sparks something for her. Mm-hmm. Or I can look at it as maybe she is one of those people. So she has like, okay, so she has like certain family members who might are on mom's side who, who just kind of have a regular job and mm-hmm. they just are content. And they don't really do anything else. They just go to work and they go home. Um, and I'm thinking, like, maybe she's one of those types of people. Yeah. Where she just wants to get a regular job doing something regular and just work and then go home. You know, it's another good question for her. Maybe career is not that important to her. Maybe you should ask her if family is more important to her. Because a lot of people to where that is their thing, like the regular job, going going home, whatever, family is more of what they strive for, having a certain type of family situation, you know uh-huh. what I mean? So maybe that's, that's what it know. is. Maybe she she's, wants... She's very close with one particular person in the family who is a lot like that. Mm-hmm. Like, like uh, that just family? go to work and oh, just okay. go home um, and they just sit around, you know. Not in the negative. I don't want people to think that oh, I'm talking down. I'm not, no, I'm not. I'm just but saying. But to some people, to some people work just is just not it. And then they go home and they just chill and they just, that's it. Mm-hmm. And they're content with it. And I, I'm wondering if that's her. Maybe I don't want to put my things into her. I don't want to be like, well, it should be important for you to find. It's important to find a career. I believe it's important to have a career that you're passionate about and doing. Mm-hmm. But that may be just me. Maybe she doesn't. Maybe she's one of the people that don't care about that. Yeah. And so I'm kind of in a in a place of, okay, what do I do as a father to foster that? Cause that's, but that was the reason why I said, like, ask her about the family thing. Because I know for me, career is important, but career is important, but not as much as family is to me. Uh-huh. I feel like family, I feel like for me, career is third. Mm-hmm. I feel like family is most, most important. And then passion and purpose is second most important uh-huh. and then career is third because a lot of times your career is just how you survive you know what I mean it's not necessarily the the calling over your life or your whole whatever you know what I mean it's just what helps pay, pay the bills you know what I mean so mm-hmm. and maybe that's a woman thing you know I what I mean? Know, so many different things. Like I don't know. Like, yeah. So my boys are younger. Yeah. So, uh, so you can't really compare like, it. My, my son Tony is always talking. Every time I ask him what he want to be in the grow up, he says he wants to be a chef. That's I believe that too. He was young. He loved eating. <laughs> that boy loved to eat, but he loved to be in the kitchen. And so I'm trying to find ways for him to be involved with like maybe young chefs or. Have you ever played a uh, Master Chef Junior for him? I don't even know what that is. Okay, you got... Okay, I'm I'm going to give you a, a couple of... It's like... Do you know who Gordon Ramsay is? I've heard of MasterChef, like a competition for, like, kids. Well, so the competition for adults, MasterChef, and then MasterChef Junior is for, like, little kids. They have kids on there, like, as young as, like, five. You know what I mean? Up uh-huh. to, like, freaking 16 or whatever the case may be. And they is, like, doing... Real dishes, like not no making ramen, like real dishes, uh-huh. like 
plating the whole shebang. You know yeah. what I mean? So. Well, I know there was a class that was being offered to like Deerbergs. Mm -hmm. uh, not Deerbergs. Uh, Snooks. They were offering some class like in DePair. Mm -hmm. But uh, I want to look into some stuff. But when I started looking into things, COVID happened. So. Yeah. Oh, raggedy. Raggedy tail. Yeah. So. So, yeah, that's that's a little bit on me. Um, what else is going on with me? Uh, my relationship is blossoming. Blossom uh, bubbles. I've met a, I've met a woman who has been amazing. She has been uh, a breath of fresh air in my life. Uh, a lot of what I thought was not realistic anymore. She has come along and kind of changed that. And so now it's it's invigorated me and added more like energy to me to consider the idea of going down the the marriage route again. Hey. You know, and so Cause listen. I'm just like, okay, all right, well, maybe maybe that's maybe this is where I might I might try this. I yeah. don't know. I might I might have what do you say? Uh, I might get this a go around. Cause I, I told Listen, her like, look, cause I it ain't. One, I got one more in me. Cause it's not. I don't think a lot of people understand. After being married and going through a, a divorce is a tough road. Yes. I don't care what nobody say. I don't care how much how much thug you got in your heart. A divorce is a tough road to walk. It's, it's tough. for anybody. It's, it's tough for people who have not let go. Mm -hmm. I think when you are done, I don't think the like for me. So going through my divorce was not really that. It's not been that tough. It's more so been annoying um, because I'm I'm done. I, like I'm I'm out of there. Like I'm I've been done for a while, but you know. When the other person is not necessarily done, then it makes it tough. But it's tough for them. For you, it's more so annoying. Yeah, it is, boy. It's like, can we just be done with this? Can we just sign the papers and be done? Man. You know, I see all but that's, those, but like, the, those parties and stuff. But that's the thing. Like, that's the tough part. That's the tough part. It's just a tough in a different it's type a, of way. It's tough in a different way. Like, it's not tough for you to let go because you're not ready walk the steps and did everything you need to do to let go and when you get to that part and then somebody is literally holding you hostage mm -hmm. and something you let go of that is the tough part because that is when your patience gotta yeah. kick in that is when your um um what's the word um grace gotta kick in that is when you have to be you have to woo side you know you're right the woo, i'm telling you you're right because you, know, you have to have enough um care for the other person to get there even though they should righteously have already been doing yeah you know what i mean you have to have patience for them to because at one point you love that person you yeah, know what i mean you know what i mean and you still do still. so but it's hard when you ready to just well, I'll, I'll, hard, take, I'll take that back. Um, I think, first of all, breaks up, breakups are hard. Breakups Abso are emotionally and physically tough. But marriage adds another element into that, and that's the spiritual aspect of the breakup. Yes. Because now, because marriage a lot of times is done with, between two people who have, a, have some sort of um, foundation when it comes to spirituality. Right, mm -hmm. you're, you're standing in front of God or whoever created you and you are believing in, 
and you're saying, I vow to be with this person. And so when you are breaking up, it's almost like you're telling God, my bad, I messed up. And now you not only do you have to deal with the disappointment in your own life, but now you're dealing with a disappointment that you perceive from the creator that you worship. Then you have children that are involved. And so it makes the, it makes the ending of a marriage a way more. They, they call him they call marriage and uh, divorce an emotional. It's a spiritual death. Mm-hmm. Because you do go through a spiritual death. You have you you go down in, when you go to divorce. You ain't got no and choice. It, yeah, you go. It don't matter how positive you are. It don't, <laughs> look, divorce will have you questioning life. I'm telling you. That's why I say I don't care how much of a thug you are yeah. in your heart. Like, because a lot of people be like, when I was done, I was done. no. You weren't. No. You tell you putting that front on. You, you go through three different. You go through three different things. You oh. go through that emotional aspect of divorce, which is the emotional letting go of another human being that you loved. That you were in love with, that you vowed to be with. That's the emotional aspect. Then you have the physical. That's the okay. That's the you know the divorce. That's the actual paperwork of it all, which is tedious in itself. But then you had that spiritual aspect where you you have to re you have to rebuild yourself spiritually. You have to you have to tell yourself that I did something that maybe wasn't. What I was supposed to biblically, if you, if mm-hmm. people that are believers in in the Bible or whatever, um, you have to you have to look at them like, okay, I did something that I, I go against biblically, and now I have to take what I've what's happened in my life, and I have to find a way to make sense of it all in Scripture. Yep. Like I have to because, like I said, you you be, you divorce brings you back down to your foundation and now you have to rebuild yourself Every, you and have to be able to go out into the world and still praise God even though you've gone through something that maybe is perceived as something that is wrong in the eyes of the, the church people or whatever cause that's a lot of it and that was and that was why I was saying like mm-hmm. I feel like God pulled me out of the church because that's when you realize that there are a lot of things that you learn growing up in a church that are really just they're not it's not it's more doctrine or um or um church it's heresy don't touch that high button but it's you know in later podcasts we're going to talk about marriage and divorce we are definitely going to do that we can talk about that yeah we definitely going to do that but you know like i i i there are certain things that um take place or the people feel like, oh, the Bible says it's Bible never says it. You know what I mean? It's just been passed down from church tradition for thousands of years. You just feel like that it's got to be in the Bible. But then when you look, it's not in there. Uh-huh. This is just what Sister Esther said in 1912. And everybody said it was good enough for Esther. It's good enough for me. And it's not good enough for you. You have to understand that, like, just because somebody walked their life a certain type of way and that worked for them does not mean that you have to walk it that way, especially if God is not telling you to do that. Mm-hmm. That's the part. That's the part. And, like, it's not until you go into your personal relationship with God, like, taking some time. This this podcast just turned into this because... <laughs> we supposed to talk about something completely different and look, God look, was like no y'all not y'all talking going about going through this. what I went through <laughs> has because I like I told you I remember being trapped mm-hmm. I remember 
the married people saying stay. I remember the single people saying, I don't have nothing for you. And just being by myself. And what that taught me was don't ever, don't let anything in the world, and even as a, even as a couples therapist, which I hope to become a marriage, a li- uh, well, I don't know about license, but marriage or family. Yeah. Um, one thing that I firmly believe, just because y'all get married, don't mean y'all going to work out. That's true. And that's just the reality of life. But that's with anything. And don't be afraid to walk away from a relationship when it's no longer, when it's bringing you, when it's making you miserable, when it's no longer bringing the best out of you and you tried everything you can, it's okay to leave. But don't be afraid to do that in anything. Yes, any anything, any relationship, whether it's a person, whether it's a, a job, whether it's family, whether it's... I mean, you can't leave your kids. Don't do that. But. <laughs> Don't leave your kids. Well, if you if you being abusive to them, please leave them in the hands of yeah. someone who is yeah. not going to. But yeah, I'm not going to tell any, you to any, stay with no kid and you beating them. Please, God, yeah. please, yeah, please that. let that child but, have a better chance. But you should be at. But always look at your mental health. Yes. Always look at. Okay, did you do everything you possibly could to make it work? You know, if you can say honestly say yes, then okay, and it's okay to walk away just because two people break up or you break up with a whatever. Right. Doesn't mean that you you are bad. Doesn't make anybody. Two people can break up and it be nobody's fault. Yeah. It's okay. Yep. No one. You don't have to. You don't have to. There's be, no fault in yeah. a, a situation running there its doesn't course. Doesn't have to be a bad guy. There I doesn't put, have to be enemies. I put it to you like this. You seen Twilight? The vampire movie? Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, a long time ago. <laughs> okay, let I me saw check. the first one. I can tell by your... I saw the first I one, and I saw the, the second one when they were turned into wolves. Let me change Let me change my example. I can tell you already <laughs> know it. Have you seen Harry Potter? Yes, I okay, actually watched that, it last year for the first that time. That was a better response. Okay. Harry Potter was great. You know what I mean? Good situation, great movies. What, seven movies of eight, it? Eight, I believe. Seven or eight, a whole bunch of movies, okay? Harry Potter. And then it ended. You know what I mean? It wasn't the fault of Harry Potter. It wasn't it wasn't because it was a bad movie it ended. It was because it ran its course. The story was over. It ran its course. And sometimes certain situations run its course. That doesn't mean that it doesn't it's it's it wasn't good. It means that it ran its its course. Like a lot of people, um, Look at situations and they don't get what they're supposed to get out of the situations because they don't know, know how to look at the relationship for what it's meant to be. You know what I mean? Like if you look at a relationship and no matter the relationship, you understand that this person is helping you to become the very best version of yourself in one way or another. Yeah. Then it will help you look at the situation, whether it ends or not, um, differently. Yes. And with a open, more of an open heart, you know what I mean. So um, that's something that I've adopted. I don't even remember when I adopted this, but I've been doing it for so long. That's how I move in life. Yeah, I try to look at every situation, every relationship. What have I learned from this situation? What blessings have I gotten yeah. from this situation? You know what I mean? And because I understand that... You got to have time to process after when it's over. That's right. But everybody can't walk with you every step of your walk on this yeah. earth. Mm-hmm. People I'm are saying. not... Some people aren't even meant to. You yeah. know what I mean? They're only meant to walk with you for a small time. 
Yeah. You know? It's when you try to it's when it's over and you try to hold on to Child is it's, it's painful. Turmoil. That's when it gets terrible. It's painful to everybody involved. Just let go. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. freaking let go. But yeah, I mean that's just we have we have this society that this uh society that teaches us you hold on until it's over. Mm-hmm. You don't let go. You fight, fight, fight. And it's like, I don't ever in my life want to fight for a relationship to work. But you don't understand. It, Sometimes fighting is letting go. No, I'm just saying. Like, when I say fight, I mean people like hold on harder, <laughs> right. str- stronger, you know, claws scratch. And right. Set, jeopardize your mental health. And right. Thank and, you. Yeah. Sometimes. I don't feel like I never want to fight for. I don't ever want to work. Yeah. For another relationship ever in my life. Yeah. If the relationship, if two people, want to be with each other and they love each other mm-hmm. and they want to and they and they have a goal to make it work, mm-hmm. then it won't be work. It'll be, okay. I love you. I value you. Right. How do I make sure you know that? Vice versa. I love you. I value you. How do we make this work? Right. What, do, what do you need from me to make this work? What do I need from you? Mm-hmm. And let's do it. Right. And that's how it works. Yep, that's right. It's when one person is like, nah, I ain't doing nothing else. Then, child, what we then doing? Then it ain't going to work. What is we doing out here? We done after that. Streets. When one person stops wanting it to work. Then it won't work. It won't work. And that's real. You know, when one person allows their ego to get in the way, their pride to get in the way of... Mm-hmm. Showing a person that they're valued, yeah, it's not working anymore. That's very true. You know, marriage relationships are supposed to be two people serving each other. Mm-hmm. That's the foundation of it. That I tell my I tell my lady now, you know, I think relationships are meant for two people to sh- to out, try to out appreciate each other. I should be trying to appreciate the hell out of you. You should be trying to appreciate mm-hmm. the hell out of me. It should be like a contest. Like how can I show her? How can I show her how much I love her? I appreciate her. You but know. also, like for me, I I don't know. I'm just I swear I was born in a different time zone. Cause I guess I see you for real. But like for me, I um look at relationships completely differently. Um, because I'm a big proponent for self love. You know what I mean? Mm. Filling up your cup first. You fill up your cup first. Then you're not looking for the other person to yeah. fill up their cup. Yeah. And if you find somebody else who is also filling up their cup. Yeah, I can overflow. Got the overflow. But yeah, and it's like now I don't have to worry about, well, I don't have time to be doing what's best for him or thinking about what he needs because I got to make sure I'm getting what I need and make sure that he giving me what I need. You don't, you don't even have to think like that because your uh-huh. cup is full already. You pick somebody who is sound and that resonates with what you're trying to do. And now you can focus on giving your overflow to him the best way that you know how to give it to that person and vice versa. And I feel like it all starts with a healthy foundation. And that healthy foundation is how you love yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know people are tired of hearing that, but it's the damn truth. Let me ask you a question. Go ahead. What do you think that these values fall in? In terms of polyamorous relationships, Ooh, there's a huge push and culture of people who mm-hmm. are saying, you know, we want more than one, more this than is, one partner. This, what do you? How do you think the dynamics of a healthy relationship? What's the point? 
What's the point of more than one partner? Let's let's get a baseline. Um, I think that there are a lot of women. Okay, I think. Okay, on two sides, I think there are a lot of women who feel like I'm I'm you know looking for a husband. Mm-hmm. I can't find one because maybe the person is not interested in being with one person. Right? Why do you need a husband? So that's what they want. I'm just I'm just going based on what I see. So I know. Let me, let me finish. But you asked you asked me a question. Me fi- I, I'm to give you the other parts. Go ahead, but then I'm gonna give can, you. Then you can rebut. Then I. No, I'm not rebutting. I'm trying to get an understanding okay. of the baseline. Why does she want the husband? No, no, that's a deeper question. But that's important. I understand that. Yeah. But what I'm I'm saying is, I think that there are women who are looking for a husband. They're looking mm-hmm. to be married. They want to be wives or whatnot. Um, and I think that they're struggling because they're they run into relationships where men are not being able to be faithful to them mm-hmm. or they keep being cheated on. Now I think on the other side, men are saying, I have, I struggle with being with just one person. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'm supposed to be with more than one person. And so I think that, um, or a lot of people who were being ushered into this <laughs> realm of polyamory. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of people that are talking about this. Mm-hmm. And so this is a real thing. Of course. And so I'm wondering, how do these foundational pieces when we talk about self-love, not self-love, but like pouring into another person, mm-hmm. you know, loving and serving each other. How does that work in a polyamorous relationship? I feel like a lot of the what you're saying to begin with is evidence that we haven't even initiated those things on our own yet. Uh-huh. Let alone in a relationship with another, let alone in a relationship with a group of people. Yeah, so when I say, what's the reason for a husband? Why people want a husband? This is one I had asked this question at a brunch for a women's stand up. I asked this yeah. question out to the ladies. Um, we were. I have my. I, I have my reason for why I think a lot of women look for husbands, but. Let's let's hear. Why do you? Well, think? I want to hear yours first. Well, it wasn't a reason, but I asked a simple question. I'm like. Okay, who are you as a woman without the title mother, wife? Who are you? Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know how to answer that question mm-hmm. because they've defined themselves as the titles, as who they are in relation to another person. You need to figure out who you are by yourself before yeah. you try to attach yourself to another person. The reason why you want something so bad is because you have no idea who you are and yeah. you feel lost without having this in conjunction. I'm a mother. A lot of people you see in their bios, most women mm-hmm. on anything social media, you go on their bio, <laughs> Capricorn, mother of three, wifey, mompreneur whatever it's some sort of relationship and old situation that defines them but who are you without all of those things who are you if there were no other people and it was just you who would you be mm-hmm. a lot of people do not take the time to even think those thoughts let alone work through those situations mm-hmm. so their longing for a person is to validate who they think that they should be exactly and so when they get this person and it quote unquote validates them and then they don't get the feeling of the validation that they thought that they should have then there is this tumultuous thing that happens mm-hmm. 
and it becomes this person. Oh, well, I don't feel this way. It must be because I picked. It must be because it's your fault. No, you're going to have this fault with every person that you find until the end of time, because it has nothing to do with the person as much as it has to do with you being you figuring out who you are on the inside. We're not meant to be in couples with other people without figuring out who we are first. Mm. If that was the case, we would come in paired off. We come in singular for a reason. We come into this earth through the portal of our mother's womb by ourselves. What if? What this, if what? This is a random side thing. I feel like this is about like, to get weird. <laughs> Go ahead. What if we were born in pairs? That'd be dope. And we're separated, and it's our 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 life. We're supposed to find the other person. I think we are born in pairs to a certain degree. I think that we're born within a certain window of time with our pair. I feel like one person is born, and then the person we're meant to be with is born afterwards, and we are supposed to find each other. But there is work because when we come down here, we come down here with a specific set of flaws. That's a great movie. I swear on my life, bro. Like we should copyright. We, we should the, copyright. We do not give this away. Yes, this is our idea for this movie. Don't come stealing it. We gotta record it. But like, but yeah. if you if you came in, it's kind of like Hancock without all the bullshit. Yes, but That's what I'm when you of, when you come in and you spend your time, you because everybody has flaws. You spend your time. Fixing and correcting your flaws because there's specific flaws in you, pair A, that I mean, person A, that will destroy person B. And person B has flaws in it that will destroy person A. We're already born with the flaws, though. Of course, we all, because we all born with sin, quote unquote. Okay, so we're we, talking about from a little biblical standpoint. We, yeah. We that into it. Yeah. I'm or, just talking about a general. Like, or, you know what I mean? A lot of the flaws and things that we come from. To, to be honest, like, come from like, childhood. I think our it's the nurturing. It's yeah, kind of, it's like come from say, the nature versus nurture. Yeah, it comes I from. I think a lot of our environment di- dictates our flaws. Exactly. So whoever you're born, because that's your environment, you're born with that. You know what I mean? And so we you were born this way. And so, like, I feel like you spend your time becoming the best version of who you are and until you complete all the checklists god is not going to bring you your child god is not going to bring you your person god just ain't but i agree with you i think that i think that a lot of women see 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 being married as the ultimate validation of who they Mm -hmm. are um I think when you look at like the evolutionary psychology, when you look at early man, early woman, you see that women were supposed to be chosen. Mm-hmm. And men were supposed to be chosen too. Like the strongest of the men was able to have their 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 pick. Mm-hmm. But it was the woman that had to be chosen yeah. to be the person who carried the seed of the man. And so the ultimate validation was I got to present myself to be the best possible so I can be chosen. And then that will let me know that I would be the person that's chosen to carry that man's seed mm-hmm. and produce more for our tribe or whatnot. So mm-hmm. it was like a huge honor to be chosen. And that's why I think that a lot of times when women are proposed to, you see them break down crying. But you know why I, I think women break down crying? I'll tell you because I'm a woman. You think it's a, a I n- show? No. What? A lot what? of times, because some women cry and some women don't. You know what I mean? I've never seen anybody go through a proposal and not cry. Some some women some women cry because that's they feel like that they finally made it. 
Yeah. They finally got with it. Yeah, but some women cry because they really have worked. Yeah. Really worked for what? Oh, they worked. Oh, they worked. Because y'all be work. Y'all be work, man. Y'all be work, damn it. Somebody on the other end of this podcast saying, yes, girl, tell them. Y'all be work. It be it be a working situation. You know what Explain. I mean? Explain. Tell me more. Child. Move this microphone a little closer to Child. We just, we're going to talk about this topic next time. Because, child, y'all be work. Y'all just do. So y'all cry because it's like finally he's the person I need him to be. Not even necessarily that you're the person that they that you need him to be. That because it's not even that you. It's the person that you need him to be. You it's know what work, I mean? What the work part in it? You, like I was just saying, you have to work to be the best version of whoever that you need to be for you to be compatible with that person. That person has to work too. You know what I mean? That work. For you to be the best version of who you need to be for the other person is not easy. That work entitles, uh, I mean, entails shadow work. It does. A lot oh, so when you say work, you mean internal work, like yes. about who they are. Yes. Oh, okay. I thought yes. you meant like, you said we take work. I'm like, what do you mean? When you find a person, this is my, listen, okay. listen. Y'all getting it nosy now, but whatever. When you find a person, when, when you find that person or... God puts on your heart a person that is potentially can be a mate for you. There's a couple of things that you will find in this person. First thing that you will find in this particular person is the things that bring out all the best things in you. Mm. The other thing that you will find in this person is a light that will shine a light on all of the fucked up shit in you. Okay. And when they shine a light on all the terrible things in you, that's the work. That's the work. It's like it's like when you having a dinner party and everybody is coming to your house and God like you gotta get your house ready. Everybody's coming over there and you like, uh, you know, okay. You procrastinate, procrastinate, procrastinate. Now this person is like ETA twenty minutes away. Now you got to hurry up and get everything together because you only got your time is your time is running thin by the time God shows you a person and you ain't been working this whole goddamn life that you had since birth until now to work on the the traumas and the thing you haven't been doing nothing now it's like a crunch time you know what I mean it's like a last minute it's like finishing this paper before 1159 or you know what I mean it's like okay because I haven't been diligently working on myself all the way up until this time and now God has showed me because to be honest I personally think that God shows women who their husbands are before the husbands even know that they're that's their wife I honestly believe that okay because it be shit it be shit personally I, I, I'm sorry, ladies, but it be shit that women hold on until the end of time. You know what it's I mean? Hold on. Like, like hold in ourselves until the end of time. You know what I mean? Right. Like traumas, things that happen, or whatever the case may be, that we just haven't dealt with emotionally, dealt with, and it's not fair to a person who's trying to marry you or try to be with you to deal with those things for you, and you refuse to deal with them for yourself. Okay. You know what I mean? But even that. Go ahead. Even that, all this stuff you need to work on, mm-hmm. why do you feel like you need to work on it? Because you met this person. That's the problem. 
That's the problem. That's why I said I feel like a lot of people cry because that that stress, they don't start until then. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's not a good but, thing. I feel like you should no, do that. Exactly. You should be doing that anyway. Exactly. That's why I apologize to all the women because it's the truth. A lot oh, of women. I've never even heard that point before. Well, hmm. why would they tell you that? I mean, I think men work on things too. I don't know why men cried at weddings or whatever. I don't get that. Maybe because they feel like their freedom is gone. I saw like a video where it's like, if my man ain't crying like this. I don't know how like, I it, feel about like, that. He's like, my wife was so beautiful when she walked down. Ain't nobody that damn beautiful. <laughs> I don't know. I, seen, look, I feel like. I, that is beautiful. I do not believe I'm crying I don't know. she walked down the aisle. I don't know if I would cry at my wedding. I don't know. I'm a person to where I couldn't tell you in advance if well, I'm, I'm not a crier anyway. So I don't think that that would even be me. I am. I cry. I wish I was a crier. I cried ridiculous shit. I cried when my I cried when my oldest nephew uh, got hair up under his arms. Mm. It made me really sad. What? I cried real fucking tears. <laughs> and that's exactly what all my siblings did while I was crying. Laughed. Oh man! But it made me sad because. He was the oldest, and it just made me think about how he's no longer a young boy anymore. And in the society of America, that makes him target practice, being a young... you thought about when he mm-hmm. saw hard as arms? Yeah. Wow. That's so crazy. it made me really sad. And, you know, like, I mourned that. And everybody, you know, like, I think about all kinds of random shit. Like, uh, just this past, what was it? weekend two weekends ago um i was sitting with my other sister and my oldest niece um she getting closer to age child and my sister was talking to me and she because my niece she she almost as tall as me now and that was a lot for me and then um my sister was like yeah you know it's almost that time and i'm like child i can't i can't even think about her Becoming a woman. When you think about what I had, like women being raped, yeah, you know and stuff like that. Like that's I think the about kind. That with my daughter. That's the kind of stuff that makes me so fucking sad because it's like again. I'm trying not to, but it makes me so <laughs> emotional and sad because, no, like, for me, I don't know if I've ever talked about this. You know, I had. Um, horrendous things happened to me when I was a child. You uh-huh. know what I mean? So I feel like um, as long as for me, like I've always been focused on <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. Okay. I might Don't cry. Be <laughs> you better not apologize. Go ahead. But be free. I've always focused on like as an auntie being the biggest protector I could be for mm-hmm. my nieces and nephews, you know, being a person that they can come to and talk to that way. If anything was going on, they would know that they have a person to protect them from bullshit in this world. You know what I mean? And once they become an adult, you can't protect them no more. You know what I mean? That that's hard for anybody. You know what I mean? Because you know, you know, what's out there. Yeah. And it's not you know you it's, you 
you can't protect them forever, but you just you just be hoping it be a little bit longer. Yeah. You know, and every time I just be like, God, this is where did the time go? Like it just it. You think it's a lot longer than it actually is. Yeah, you're right. Until you see a kid grow up and you see like how fast you be like, damn, mm-hmm. that's. <sighs> I think about that with my kids. Yeah. Especially with my daughter. You know, it's just for her being a girl and how the world is looking to take advantage of young girls. Man. Especially young black girls. Man. And then I think about my son. Uh, I know my son, Tony. Uh, I mean, I think of both of my sons when it comes to just being black men one day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my son, Tony, specifically, because Tony is very, he's very nice. Yeah. He loves people to be happy. He wants, he's a people pleaser. He loves people. But it's kids like that. Like when you start telling me, I know that ain't my nephew or my son. When you start telling me when he get older, you going you gonna to see I'm gonna start crying about yeah, something because like, it's like when you know that they innocent and they're sweet and they have you want them to have a little bit of that like in I them want forever. Them to keep it. Yeah, right. You I, just like he goes. I remember we went to Buffalo Wild Wings and he gave somebody a random high five and he was like giving everybody hugs in the restaurant. And I was mm-hmm. like, I love it, but then I'm like, Tony, don't ever do that again mm-hmm. because everybody that, that's in here don't care anything about you. Mm-hmm. Some people will, will like, if I wasn't around, they would try to hurt you. You just never know. And it hurts to be trying to tell your kid that because mm-hmm. they're like, what do you mean somebody hurt me? Why would they want to hurt me? I'm just trying to teach you. Mm-hmm. You know, like we don't hug random people. You hug people you know. Mm-hmm. Don't hug random people because everybody doesn't want to hug. Right. You know, everybody doesn't want you touching them. Everyone is not Man. meant for you to touch. And for a kid, is, he's seven. You don't understand that. He don't understand what the world really is. That's the hard part. Mm-hmm. That's the hard part of seeing children grow is that they don't even understand the world they're growing up in. They think everything's sweet. They think everybody is their friend. Everybody see that. I met a new friend today. Man. No, that's not your friend. That's the person oh, you not. met. Friend is deeper than that. You know, and it's it's they're gonna have to go through the aspect of people. Thinking that thinking of somebody their friend and then they they them being um, disappointed. Yeah, you're gonna have to deal with that. You know, yeah. my son Tony talks about this kid in her, his class as a girl that's always talking about him and telling him that he you know, turn around and mm-hmm. all of this stuff. And I'm just like Tony, she's not your friend. Right. Don't stop talking to her. Mm-hmm. And that's hard for him. He like I want everybody to be my friend. Like everybody not. And he'll deal with the mistreatment because he wants he wants people to like him. Man, and so it's that's hard to deal with I'm as a telling father. You, Cause I be like, on the freaking. Cause let's let you be walking slap. with your niece and nephews, and they go speak to somebody, and the person don't even speak back. You gonna be hot. I I know myself. I know me, and, and Tony is, be like hi, and I be like. But better, this is why, like, you better say hi back, to but, you. Brad. Cause I will slap hot fire out of you. <laughs> For real, right. I would tell my nephew, "Hey, take take them over there," and I would slap hot fire. Right, I just gotta tell you. him, don't tell everybody hi, Tony, because if somebody don't speak to you, give you a, a reared eye, then I'm gonna say something. For real, you know. So it, that's tough. I and I understand that. I understand that. You know, but the original question of like marriage and women and men, you know, the polyamorous relationships. Yeah, you know, I just. I just feel like it's. Too, I don't understand it. You know, I, I know we talked about Doctor Umar in the beginning. Yeah. He's like, he got to have two women. I don't. I how just do feel you like love. How do you love correctly? 
two people. My whole thing is this. Or more. My problem with people who say this, uh-huh. why are you saying this and you don't even have one yet? How do you know that you're going to need two? I think a lot of times when you talk about men, I think men can have one person. They just choose not to. But that's what I'm saying. How do you know that you need two people? You, for I you to so boldly think, say, I have to have two, you don't even have one wife. And right. here's the thing. like these All these poly people, whatever, no disrespect, but... I think it's all about sex. It's. <sighs> I think it's all. For men, I believe it's all about sex. For women, I think it's all think about it's, validation. It's all about validation of because, having someone. But the thing yes. is, guess what? No matter what, you're not going to be happy. You're going to be empty. It's not going to be enough. Because the thing about it is, if you would fill your own cup mm-hmm. and then meet someone else, if you would just do that damn step first, one person is all the fuck you need. Because guess what? If you're not satisfied with one woman, you ain't going to be satisfied with two. You're going to come home to two women all the time. You're going to be like, I got to find somebody else. You're going to have a third and a fourth. For real? What? For a woman, you're going to be happy you married, but when you see that man come home and he go with the other wife, how you going to feel? Ain't, let me tell you something. Don't come to me with it. Because yeah, uh, yeah. I don't get... I, I, that's not something I want to do. Yeah, I I don't understand it. I don't, I don't think that... I think that to be in a polyamorous relationship somebody's I think that people suffer I think that's a suffering relationship it's, it is but the thing about it is you were suffering alone for you to bend to that whether you are male you compromise whether you are male or female do that. both are suffering you know what I mean uh, now you have the people that say it's a it's an economic thing and how you know, I want to supply I want to support two women for their dreams and they'll be able to do these things and then two, I was, you know, I was having this com- very few people who I was I having this conversation. I was having this conversation with Erica um, and my girls, really everybody. We was all having this conversation. And like I told them, I came to the conclusion that it's retarded. <laughs> this is why. Uh-oh. Because. Janet R-word. Yeah, listen, <laughs> excuse my vernacular. These words expressed yeah. by, the, by the hands of incurable <laughs> Tony Gillen has nothing to add to that. Listen, I this is the reason. The mentally disabled people. <laughs> no, I don't mean it in that form. No, I'm just saying. But listen, you know, keeping people off of our because ass here. We don't call them that. So that is not. But listen, that is a derogatory term that we would not, that I would not use. Anyway, back to my statement. What were you trying to say? It's ridiculous because. Ridiculous. Because. Your whole notion is, I'm doing this to be a wealth, right? To build nations. To build wealth and nations. Okay, what makes more sense? I'm going to go and get three women, okay? Ugh. Don't have enough money for all three of these women, so all three of them still working, okay? You know, I got the money. Okay, but all three of them still working. I'm working, and we trying to build this nation. Or you get one fucking wife, which you should. Get you a friend who also has one fucking wife. Get you another friend who also has one fucking wife. And get you another friend and have another fucking wife. And then y'all buy a huge plot of land and you build four houses on the plot of land and you build a small community. That's nation building. Good. That is healthy. 
Because guess what? I'm not worried. Everybody's going home today. One husband and they one wife. So it's not about that. Because if you, you could easily do that and still build nations. You could do that. But it's not about that. You're saying that it's about it's that. It's not about that at all. Exactly. You're saying it's about, you have, it's about a man having more than one woman. And it's about a woman just being married. Yep. Just having a wife. Because, having a husband. Because, exactly. Because it's an easy solution to, to show that it's about, that, it, that that's not what it's about. It's like about. you scratch my back, I scratch yours. There you go. It's a business. I'll make you a wife if I can have. Not even business, honestly. You ain't making no money from it. You're not making nothing. A lot of cases. You're not even building. You're not growing either. Like, you're not growing emotionally. You're y'all not all living in the same one house you would have like been living y'all, in. Y'all each are giving each other, like, snacks. Y'all live Nobody's in the same really house. Each other. You can't get no uh, credit off of the uh, government on your taxes on it. You can't do shit with that. So what is it? What is it that this is? What 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 is this providing for? I can't love two women. I couldn't love two. I couldn't do that. I couldn't. This that. I how do you go? How do you go home as a man and be like, "I love you, baby," and then your wife sitting right here too? <laughs> how do you even do that? I love you so much. You are amazing. I love you so much. You, you can't do that. That don't even work. Say, this doesn't work at all. This way. both of them gonna be like you, full of shit. <laughs> I will hope. Yes, I mean, unless they both be like, oh, he loves me. He loves me more. Then you go to who loves who more, and now one person feels left out, and now you got to divvy up your time between. Look, man. And then everybody gonna want their own and house. People bring in, and people love to bring in scripture. And they bring in how Solomon had all these wives. But people don't even get First to... First of un- all... People don't even understand that God was not pleased with Solomon having all these wives. That no. was the culture of that time. But that was not what God asked for you to do. Mm-mm. And honestly, Solomon's demise was because he was pulled in so many directions by all these women. I'm sorry, y'all. My dog is playing with a ball. And so, my my, my mind is like... Look, that's not real. You're no. taking something that just because it was in the Bible don't mean it was right. It was just in the Bible. It was in a, it was a story of the Bible. It was a rape in the right. Bible. Yeah, it was rape in the Bible. It was cheating in the Bible. They wanted to cut murder. a baby Is baby in half good? in the Bible. Yeah, you know, was that good? No, it was in there. But if we're using your logic, you're supposed to kill people. You're supposed to cut babies in half. You're supposed to throw people in pits and sell them into yeah. slavery. Yeah. You're supposed to. Um, Trick your blind daddy into people, giving you. People, <laughs> what's, oh, what is a? It's a it's a uh, a saying that this one doctor that I followed a doctor, uh, uh, what the heck is his name? John McDougal. He says people love to hear good news about their bad habits. Mm-hmm. You know anything that you want to do, you're gonna look for every supporting piece of argument mm-hmm. to make it seem like what you want to do is right. Yeah. You know and. Unfortunately, I mean, I was telling you earlier, I like, you know, one, every woman, one thing that's sad is that there are some women who will never, I don't know if it's sad, but one thing in reality is that all, no, some women are never going to be a wife. Mm-hmm. Some women are never going to be a mother. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, to me, that's kind of sad. It's very sad. It's sad to me. As a person who In order is... for you to be a wife, you have to have a husband. Yeah. In a heterosexual relationship, mm-hmm. you know, you had to have a husband. And unfortunately, there are a lot of men who are not husbands, who are not husbands. They're not interested in it. They just want the physical aspect of you. They don't want you. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, for for the women who crave that validation, that's even worse. Yep. You know, but just the way of life, I guess. I don't know. It's sad. Are we gonna touch on this stuff? So, are we gonna go <laughs> to our uh, aspirations, <laughs> our uh, affirmations from last week? Yes. So, so, affirmations in general prompt. Go ahead, give us your aspir- affirmation. So, the affirmation from last week was, "I will do my very best always." I am entitled to strive for my happy. Mm. I celebrate all who are striving for their best. The one that um, I worked with the most was the first one. I will do my very best always. Um, That's really big for me because I am low-key a perfectionist. And when I don't do things, I think my very best. It makes me very, very sad. And... um, it's a little discouraging sometimes. So um, um, working with that affirmation, I will do my very best always. It made me understand that even though it's not quote unquote picture perfect, mm. I am doing my very best. You know what I mean? And that helps me to not get, be so anal about things. Mm. Um leave some things till tomorrow if they need to be left till tomorrow as long as I gave my very best effort. I believe that um, this is something that you utilize with your with your daughter when mm. she's uh, taking her test. Did you do your very best? Mm. And then that's all that matters. But um, so that's something that I work with a lot was am I doing my very best? Am I giving it my all? Well, then that's all that matters, mm. you know. Um, I, when I look at these, um, affirmations, I think all of them spoke to a certain degree. Uh, if I had to choose one, I think the, I am entitled to strive for my happiness. I am in this place in my life, um, that, and this is, I think this was brought on by my divorce. This was like what catapulted me mm-hmm. was that it's about me. Yeah. It's it's, all it about sounds selfish, me, 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 and maybe it is to a certain degree. Forget about but you, you. My goal <laughs> is to be happy. That's right. Now, happiness isn't always going to be the the going to be reachable because mm-hmm. there are going to be some situations where I have to compromise where it may but be my happiness. But I am always focused on bettering myself mm-hmm. and bringing the best out of who I am. Mm-hmm. And if there is ever a situation that brings out the worst in me. I will leave. I don't care how much time I put in. Yeah. I don't care how much money I've added, you know, mm-hmm. I put into it. I don't care about what could happen, the fallout, what's going to be broken up. I do not care. Mm-hmm. If my life, if because one thing, my divorce, or prior to divorce, the point of my life I was in where I was miserable, mm-hmm. I never want to feel that ever again. Feeling like I'm not even valued, I'm not worthy, I'm not wanted, mm-hmm. va- nothing, unappreciated. Right. I never want to feel that ever again. And if I ever get a, if it's a, if I get close to it, I'm out. I'm out. I know that's right. I'm not even. I'm not. Not even finna stick anymore. around. It don't even matter no more. I um, feel that so a thousand percent. I am entitled to strive for my happiness. That is me. Me. Mm-hmm. That's me for real. Because that's that's important to me. That is really That's real, though. Um, so the journal prompt of last week was talk about a time where you lifted someone up. <sighs> um, so I thought a little bit about that. Um, 
the thing about me is that I feel like I've always like me too. I have so many stories to pull from. <laughs> me too. And a lot of times, like it was unintentional. Like it just yeah. fell in my lap. Yeah. Um, I remember when uh, this is actually the story I use when I'm talking about how I got to be a counselor hmm. uh, because before being before being licensed or whatever, before even choosing to go in this field. People always came to me to talk, just talk to me. People would mm-hmm. randomly would just talk to me about their life. Hmm. And all I might have said was, hello, how you doing? How's your day going? Mm-hmm. But something with me always brought people to just bear their soul. Mm-hmm. And it was one particular time in college where me and one of my friends, uh, Gio, we went out. We had Shout out, out to, to Gio, friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast, my <laughs> best friend. Um uh, <laughs> And we were sitting there talking, and we had this waitress at this restaurant. She came, and she was like, hey, how you all doing? Uh, here's the menus. My name is so-and-so. Um, and she was just like, you know, what would y'all like to order? And I was just like, you know, I told her, we told her I would be one. And I was like, how are you doing today? And she's like, okay, I'm doing okay. I'm like, you sure? I'm like, you sure you're doing okay? And from there... This woman spilled her life. She talked about how she was working, trying to support these children, and how her sister was on drugs, and how she mm. had to take her chi- her children for for her to take care of them, and how she was unsure of how to do it because she had never been a mother before. How she was looking for a daycare for them, but was kind of just struggling to find something, and, mm. you know, just really having a hard time dealing with it all. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, <laughs> wow. Like we, and we I just talk to her about like okay we go to school at Missouri State mm-hmm. uh, shout out to Missouri State um, friends of the podcast friends of the podcast <laughs> institutions of the podcast and um, how we knew like the the resource board they would share on our student union about yeah. stuff and we like well we're gonna give me your number and I'm gonna share all the information I can find for you uh, because there are plenty of people on campus that do babysitting mm-hmm. um, if you want to go to school or whatever. You know, they have financial aid. We, we, I told her about so much. Like, I mean, Gio added into it, too. But I remember her feeling so much better. Like, she was happy after that, like, mm-hmm. after our, our meeting. And we, we, we talked a little bit after that meeting. But I just remember how much, how great she felt. Because she, like, bred it all. Like, you're serving us food. Yeah. You know, and then you just blah like that. Right. You know, so that was the time that sticks out of my head the most. I can't. Me, I don't know. Like it's hard for me. This is a hard general problem for me because, like, I'm similar to Tony. This is just a way of life to me, lifting people up. And I typically don't talk about the things that I do. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah. So, like, trying to find something to talk about is like, eh. I don't know. You know what I mean? So, um. I don't, I really don't know. Like, I don't know of a one that make, that I'm comfortable with sharing. Like, this is something that I did, you know what I mean? Because I try my best to be as selfless as possible mm-hmm. when doing things, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so sometimes I do things and literally after it's done, that's it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't hold on to it as much. You know what I mean? I try to just be the person that I needed to be for the in the moment uh-huh. of that situation. And then I move forward. There are some things that I remember, you know what I mean? Of course, we're like closer friends and, seeing, and stuff like that. But there have been people on the street, just 
complete strangers. Okay, spirit is thank you, God. God just gave me some because listen. Oh, here we go. Okay, so there was this time <laughs> I was going to Ross to spend money that I had no business spending. Mm. Ross. Now I was picking up some curtains. You know, these curtains I was telling y'all about. Curtains. But I was on my way to Ross and um I drove into the Loftborough uh, Com- uh Commons um little shopping plaza okay. and as I was driving in there was a by state bus driving out and as i saw the by state bus driving out there was a young black man running after the bus flailing his hands running the bus and the bus just kept on driving and i tried to like you know how you try to like inconvenience other people to like help other people you know what i mean Mm. i tried to like stop the bus, but I was too slow. The bus, you know, they was out of there. They, they was gone. And he was leaving one way or another. So I got a route to him. I don't care nothing about you or that man flailing his hand. I'm out of here. <laughs> so you should have been there standing there when I got there. <laughs> I ain't got time to play with you. And so um, he saw me. The guy saw me. He locked eyes with me. I locked eyes with him. And I didn't say anything. I went and I parked my car and I started walking in the Ross. And as I was walking into the Ross, he walked up to me. He said, were you trying to get my attention? Mind you, I didn't say nothing to this man. I literally just looked at him. He looked at me. He said, were you trying to get my attention? I said, oh, yeah, I saw that you were trying to get on the bus. I was trying to stop the bus, but, you know, wasn't wasn't fast enough. And he was like, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, where are you going? And he was like, well, I was trying to make it to the Grand Station. You know what I mean? So um, I was like, okay, that's on my way home. I would take this first to the grand station, but I got to get my curtains first. So I said, okay, I'm going to take you when I get when I come out. So I went in the store, bought my curtains, called my good friend, Demonica. I said, hey, Demonica, I'm about to take this stranger to the grand station. I need you to stay on FaceTime with me to the whole time and Take a screenshot of this person's face when I get in there just in case I get snatched and end up with your sex trafficking. You know, because you got to be safe nowadays. You can't just do good deeds. People, people been trying to ship ship you over into, you know, Pakistan somewhere. You know, I <laughs> right. got time. You know what I mean? I don't speak no Pakistani. I need to stay right here. So I get in the car and um, we take. I take him to, uh, I'm taking him up there and he's telling me about his life, he's a young guy. He's telling me about his life and everything. And the whole time, I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out why God had me take this man to this. I'm like, why is he in my car? You know what I mean? Like, so I had this thing where I talk to people to try to figure out what is it? What is what information is it that I'm supposed to be giving you? You know what I mean? And the whole time we're driving, we're driving, we about make it up to gravel to gravelways. And he's like, oh, I left my phone. He done left his phone sitting next to the Ross waiting for me to come out. Mm-hmm. So now he's really panicking. He was like, so as he was like, I left my phone. I'm really going to get fired now. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, well, the reason why I was running was because 
I just got this job and I got to make it all the way to Chesterfield and I got to be there by a certain. Now, mind you, y'all, I don't know where y'all listening from, but this is a mighty long way Mm -hmm. from South City to Chesterfield on a bus. That's a long ride. Child, that's a mighty long way just to be a a cook. You know what I mean? I was like, and 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 um, when he said that um, mighty long way. You brought me from a mighty, (laughs) brought me from a mighty long way. (laughs) And so I was like, well, maybe this is God's way of like, I'm supposed to speak in some encouragement into this, this into him. So I was like, I was like, you have to learn to trust into God. You know what I mean? Like God. I said, sometimes, sometimes things are not going to work the way that you want. For real. I swear on my life. I said, things are not going to work the way that you want them to work. However, if you trust God, I promise you they will work better than they ever, than they ever, you ever thought that they would work. So I'm telling him this. I turn around. We go back. We driving. We go back to the place. We get there. His phone is still sitting right there where he left it. Uh-huh. And he was like, I can't believe it. I said that was God. That's why. I said, now what we learn from this situation is we have to pay better attention to what we are doing. You like what you said? You said something that worked though? No, so, no, I took him. I took him. I took him. So then we, so then we, so then we turned around and we went back, we went back up towards um, the Grand Station. Uh So we get like around Russell area, around Shaw. So we get up there to the Shaw area. We see the bus that left him, Right. And I see the bus, and the bus is trying to leave somebody else. Damn bus driver. Like, look. <laughs> he didn't <laughs> give like, a damn. Everybody he didn't give a damn this he day. Said, okay. I, mean, I pissed everybody off. My wife didn't so, curse me off before I left the house. So I drove, I drove in front of the bus oh, as, slowly as, as slowly as I could. Just because it was an old lady running. That really pissed me off. Like, old lady <laughs> running. <laughs> <laughs> it made me so bad, T. I was like, all I could imagine. I was- picture an old lady running like, Ooh. all right, I'm almost there. You know, old, old people be running and you know they, in slow motion. And you know, this is in COVID, so they got the oh, mask on and everything. The, I can't breathe. Like, I'm about to die because the mask is I'm like, what kind of heartless mother? <laughs> I was bad, okay? Oh, so, then, so then, uh, I slowed the bus down. <laughs> Fast enough <laughs> for the like, lady to get on the bus. Oh, lady, like, hello, have mercy. So the lady got on the bus, and then we drove off, and he made it to the station. I said, see, not only did you get to where you need to go, you got there quicker than you thought you, you were going to get there. I said, sometimes you have to learn how to slow down, and you have to learn how to trust God, or whatever case may be. Child, listen. First of all, they would have lost it. They would have lost me when they told me to catch a bus from South South City to Chesterfield. For less than less than fifteen dollars an hour. Because I be shopping in them areas, Mm. and when Mm. I I remember going to Raising Canes, I never forget that. I went to Raising Canes in like Ellisville. Um, and this lady was in the drive-through working. It was a black lady, and I was like, "Hey, what? What you doing out here? You live out this way?" And I didn't say that. That's that's you know, that's not nice or not kind or whatever. I was like, "You live? I like, do you live out this way?" And she like, "No, I live in what she say? She's like city, some like South City, or something. yeah." Like, girl, you work all the way in Ellisville, Missouri, at Raising Canes. Like yeah, I take the route, I take the bus to get out here or whatever. 
I'm like, this is ridiculous. Why do people work this far? But that's the thing. When you when you don't know any different, because I had told him, I was like, you know that there are other places, you know, yeah. a little closer. Because he was talking about how he was trying to find, he like he was having difficulty finding a place of his own because he stays with other family members or Ain't whatever. Working nowhere I can't live. I said, but the thing about it, I was like, it's because you spending so, you're wasting so much money trying to get to a job that's not paying you a lot of money. That's why and I never, I, that's why I never uh, signed up to work at Six Flags. Child, that was such a scam. I worked at Six Flags. That, y'all brother, ought to be ashamed of y'allself. My brother Six worked Flags. there when he was younger. Shoot. Had to pay all that money to ride that little, little You got to pay bus. for everything. And then and you got to pay, paycheck. You got to pay for the, that, the outfit. You got to pay for the food while you're eating there. You got to pay for everything. Right. Crazy. Speaking of that, you heard, you saw that video? What video? When the people was like stealing the turkey legs from the turkey hut place. <laughs> no. It was a, what? They, the, the security for Six Flags was, this is in St. Louis. Child. The security for Six Flags. Uh, actually, Dirk uh, showed it on his on his page. Shout out to Dirk, friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast. Uh, Dirk actually got a job working with uh, the news somehow. Um, Why but, you say somehow? No, not somehow. But uh, not he's <laughs> qualified to work. But um, he got um, a job work, working with. He said hot ninety five, hot hot one hundred four point one, and ninety six point three R and B for the Lou. Okay, he's a newest member um, with those station. But here's the video. I can't put it on here, but uh, you can turn it up if you want to. Child, let me see. Yeah. I can't really tell what's happening, but basically, like, these people are stealing turkey legs from Six Flags. And how do we get to a place in, in the world where we stealing turkey legs from Six Flags? Wow, Lord. But you know what? And this goes, this just goes, people are going to break. And then the, 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 they caught, the security caught one girl. And you heard the people in the background like, so you going to arrest her for stealing a turkey leg? Come on, y'all. A turkey leg? Really? Yes, really. <laughs> it ain't yours. What you mean, really? Like, it's they, like, it's they fault for, for chastising y'all. Man, please. People are crazy. People are doing it. But I feel like people are breaking. Breaking? What do you mean? Like mentally. We get into a whole other topic. Go ahead. We just float into the real topic. <laughs> mentally. Yeah. Like, I feel like people are mentally, you know, like, it's a lot going on. Like, we are not acknowledging the fact that we went through a whole Pandora Express, pan panoramic, a whole Papa Dose, a whole Ponderosa. Can't say the other word. So, what you mean? You mean like people are like because we've been locked in for I mean, honestly, let's be honest here. For real. People who have gone through this pandemic, but people ain't really been it's a lot of people that, that did not take this seriously. They were still out here doing their thing. They just put a mask on. Yeah, but people was doing their thing, but a lot of people, some people, you have to understand, some people didn't take it seriously because they didn't understand why they couldn't take it seriously. Like a lot of people were very extroverted and they don't uh, and not having human connection and being around people is detrimental to a lot of people. 
True. You know what I mean? And so when you don't, when you have stuff like this, a complete shift in in society, and you don't have anybody at the, there should have been free counseling sessions for every American during I this mean, pandemic. Honestly, there are free counseling agencies out here. That's a story for another day. But it should have been pushed the same way the damn mask was. Because you had people going through and creating um, psychological situations for themselves or dealing with things that they never even knew that they had going on with themselves mm -hmm. for the first time in their lives. And you had nobody. People, you listen, America is a, is a uh, as a nation, I honestly don't feel like respects um, mental health at all. Nope. So when you're talking about well, that. I think they do, but for certain people. That, yeah, we get into that too. But, uh, but you know, I don't know. I, I can agree there that people are breaking. I mean, I also think before the pandemic, people were crazy too. People were but doing a I'm, lot of irrational things too before the pandemic. But that's what I'm saying. You've been doing crazy stuff, but you never had a chance. You never were forced to look at yourself. Until you were all, it's like when they say when people go to jail and you put them in a hole and they go crazy because you're forced to look at yourself. Well, you can't really see in the hole. But so. you're for you're only there with yourself. Yeah, it's only you. You know, people actually can lose their eyesight because they're in a hole. I believe it. Because if when, you're not supposed to be in pitch black that long, mm -hmm. and if you have long periods of time where you're in pitch black, that means your pupils are dilating, and your pupils are not supposed to dilate as long for long periods of time. And so when you're in a hole, your pupils are dilated for extended periods of time. Therefore, you lose your ability to see. So when, that's a, that's so when you go back into like light, it's hard to deal with it because your pupils have been dilated for so long. Mm. It's crazy. I didn't even, I had learned this on, I was watching something uh, where they were talking about like people that go blind because they've been in the hole for so long. That's crazy. It's like, it's crazy. But but yeah, I just I saw that video and then I think about all the shootings that's been happening, and it's just like wow, like yeah, they just had a shooting up in uh, Miami. Yeah, to the four people got out of that car and yeah. opened fire on a crowd of people. Twenty one yeah. people were injured. Yeah, two people. I think two people died. Yeah. Two people were murdered. I mean, you think about the shooting that happened in St. Louis at the two bar and found out it was a young lady and she opened fire and killed one man and injured three other people it's crazy it's like and that's been every day most of it like uh whew, oh yeah um like real stl news shout out to real stl news shout, shout out to our day out our day my brother my brother um friend of the podcast yes um they're always reporting and it's a shooting it's a shooting mm -hmm. it's like multiple times sunday sunday at 11 a.m shooting monday night at 7 p.m shooting Saturday morning, 8 a.m., shooting. It's like, it's always a shooting. And I'm, I'll be thinking, like, who picks up their gun and says, I'm going to go shoot this person? What? How do you... And maybe that's just not my life. Obviously, it's not my life. It's not my reality. But to have, for someone to have a reality where... That's they, it. That's a solution. It's like, wow. You know? I carry I carry every day. I pray I never have to use this gun. Child. I pray. And I'll be looking at every I'll be walking different places. I'll be like, man, nah, I ain't gonna go this way because I don't want no problems or I ain't gonna do this because I don't want no problems. 
if I even go places where I can't even bring it, I'm like, man, nah, I don't know. You know, so I just be so cautious. Yeah. But, man, it's like, it's crazy just, just to see those stories sometimes. And I just, I feel bad. And For the thing real. is, this is only one place that hap- it's happening. It happens everywhere. You yeah, know, you see a lot of it happening in our, in our communities, in our neighborhoods. And you see those signs that say, stop, we must stop killing uh, ourselves. Black, I think uh, we must stop killing ourselves. Mm-hmm. But it's like somebody ain't got it in they, in they grass. Somebody don't have their sign in their yard because we getting killed out here. For real. In each yeah. and every way. And that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. That's like, a lot of pressure damn, out here. We, we, we getting it from. Every, every side. Every side. We are getting it from law enforcement. We are getting it from people outside of our community. We're getting it from people inside of our community. Regular racist people. Yeah, it's just like, man, there's no safety for black people. Nope. Nope. You're getting it in the hospitals. You're getting it everywhere. Yes, hospitals and school Mm -hmm. and jobs. Prison. Prison. It's just like... It's no break. So when you have a person like Naomi Osaka... Naomi Osaka. Who says she wants to take a break. You know who that is? Yeah. You know, I feel like that it's crazy that you have the backlash that has been going on. I'm sorry. With her. video is still playing. You know, she's been receiving an excessive amount of backlash for standing up for mental health and deciding that she doesn't want to participate with the communicating with the press for the French Open while she's trying to do her job. Yeah. You know what I mean? And people look at that situation and they talk to her crazy and say things like, oh, you know, maybe she will behave better tomorrow or, you know. Behave. Yeah, behave. But it's the same exact thing that they did to Serena Williams. You know well, what I people, mean? People talk so crazy about black women. They could never say that about a white woman. No. Tell a white woman to behave. She gonna burn this whole motherfucking earth. You are canceled in indefinitely. <laughs> Tell real. a white woman to behave. What? Man. Be a man and kill a white woman to behave. Please. You tell you people the, they say the the saying no not the saying, but the truth is like the black woman mm-hmm. is the most disrespected demographic in the world. Mm-hmm. You know. You can say and do anything to a black woman and nobody will even care. Yeah. Yeah. You know. But she um, decided she just got back uh, in America. She decided. No. Nah. So she said. said she said no. Nah. So what happened? What happened in the story? So basically. She basically what? So basically it started because she wanted to. Um, she wanted to. She didn't want to have communication with the press while she was trying to um compete in the french open you know like how okay marshawn lynch you know like you got to talk to the press and do all she didn't want to do all that because she felt like that it was it would be counterproductive to her mental health for her to do so and so they were like well if you don't speak to it then speak to the press then you're going to be fine you can be fined upwards to twenty thousand dollars for not speaking to the press and they got upset because she said that's fine i pay it and she basically was trying to start a advocacy for 
players' mental health. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because all players can't pay the fine. You know what I mean? But because she is an Olympic Olympic champion, she has a little more capital to throw it around. Throw right. around. And she's an advocate. She's an uh, uh, activist. You know what I mean? So of course she's gonna do everything that she does. It's going to be. For her as well as for her people at the same time. So she um, used her stance to make a point. And they didn't like it. And they made the statement that she needs to behave or maybe she will behave better. Um, That's the word. <laughs> child. Mm, I just don't. I just don't even understand. So um, she made a decision, a final decision to um, withdraw from the competition from completely. Competition. Mm. Good for her. And everybody is, and everybody, you know, it's mixed reviews and people are saying, you know, why would she do that and blah, blah, blah. And there's a lot of people saying, you know, it is a great thing that she's doing that and she's paving the way for mental health and when it comes to jobs because it also talks about like we talked about this i believe last week or the week before but a lot of these um regular lay people like me and you who are deciding not to go on some of these jobs anymore because they're not paying them what they need to be paying mm -hmm. and the mental cost for working on that job is high um, compared to the monetary gain that they're retrieving from those jobs and it's the same sort of thing that same sort of notion of I choose my mental health. Yeah. What you're offering me for monetary compensation is not worth the mental anguish that it takes to receive it. True. You know what I uh, mean? Now let me say this also. Go ahead. As a professional athlete, one of your obligations is to talk to the media because the media is who promotes the events. That's fine. And but so also, what do you say to that in terms of athletes saying I don't want to talk to the media because it it affects my mental health and I feel that in, if that's the job you signed up for but I feel like in the way that she was asking there's nothing wrong with her saying that because she's trying to prepare to do her job her job small portion of her job is talking to the media okay. the, her, the, large her job, though, right? the large portion of her job the 90% portion of her job is performing her job and if me speaking to the media prevents me from actually performing my job, then I feel like I shouldn't have to speak to the media until after I have performed my job. Uh -huh. And that's what she's saying. I don't want to talk to. The, she didn't say she didn't want to talk to the media at all. She said she didn't want to talk to the media while she was preparing to compete in the French Open. Because it wasn't good for her mental stability. It's almost like when you're in the zone. You know what I mean? Right. When you're about to go into the huddle and you're in the zone. And you're like, imagine that. You're playing football. You didn't practice. You didn't did everything. You didn't did all your film, blah, 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 all the stuff. And before you didn't did your walkthrough on the field or whatever the case may be. And now you're in, in the, in the, in the uh, locker room, right? Before you go on the field, you're in the locker room and you're trying to get in the zone to be able to compete. And a fleet of motherfucking goddamn reporters come in the locker room while you're trying to get your mind together. And they want to have a whole debate with you about what you're thinking. Tell us. Tell us how you're preparing your mind. Tell us what you're thinking. I don't want to talk to you. I'm trying to do my job. 
Let's talk about what is going on after I've done my job. We could talk about whatever once I've done my job. But you trying to talk to me before I do what I need to do? How is that helping me be the best version of what I need to be? That's only going to create issues for me if I can't perform because I'm distracted. Which is only going to create more mental anguish for me in the, uh, in the long run. True. So I understand that, especially for her sport in particular, because that's a sport in which you do have a lot of back and forth in that situation. You know what I mean? Where it's a little different in football. Like, you don't have those problems in football. Uh-huh. You ain't talking to them to the end. Mm-hmm. So they not already I would, played. I would wonder if, she, if she, because in reading some of the things about her, it says she's been dealing with depression since the match she had with Serena Williams. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering, did, has she been actively working on her mental health I through think, this? I think she has, because she's a big she's she's a big because a lot of the stuff that was going on with Serena Williams, they the press made that the issue. The pitting against one another, you know what I mean? Trying to make it this versus this, and she was telling them there is no this. But I look at Serena as like a, like my tennis mother. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's yeah. not a comp. Like y'all want to make it something so the, that is. The pressure was like almost like, oh, you beat her, so you're better. It's like, wait a minute, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, she's beef a legend. Ca- she's We're a not- legend. Like I'm not. I don't have no beef with her. We just we had a match, and yeah. so yeah. And it always becomes a thing of. Pitting, pitting you know one against I mean? the other, just the like rivalry I, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just like I thought it was pretty cool that uh, the Coco, whole event versus the new the new phenom. Yeah, just like how they have Coco and Venus playing together right now. Who's Coco? That Coco uh, is the other young uh, tennis black tennis player that's coming up in the ranks, and she's Venus playing. Though? She's playing with Venus. Uh, she's playing doubles. They're playing doubles together. Oh, okay. So I would put Venus on the same. As much as I love Venus Williams, I wouldn't put her on the same like field in terms of Serena though, because oh yeah, Venus can play. You know what I mean? Because Venus hasn't won as much though. But she won. She that's because she early hasn't, on, and then when Serena came into the fold, but she they really both came been in, but they both been playing at the same time. Venus ain't won because she she playing against Serena. Yeah, that's what you I'm know saying. what I mean. But think about that. If you don't have Serena playing, then Number two is Venus. You know what I mean? It's, it's almost it? like Mario and Luigi. You know what I mean? Where's, where's Venus Williams ranked? Venus is pretty up there. Yeah, I put some respect on Venus. But Let's she's see. playing with Coco right now. Playing doubles. And I like that they're playing that they're doing that. You know her what I mean? Her current ranking is hundred and two. In the world. Wins. What are her wins? Her career titles. Mm-hmm. Um, so it says, let's see here. All right. So, uh, she's won. Okay, so Grand Slam finals. For the Grand Slam, she has seven titles, nine runner ups. Um,. That's a lot, T. It is, I'm not saying she's garbage. I'm not no, saying I'm she's... No, I'm saying... But I'm, I'm saying... I'm saying in terms of when people think about Venus, when Venus and Serena, like, when people are facing Venus, I don't look at it the same way as people facing Serena. But no, they're not facing each other in doubles. You know, when you're playing in doubles... I'm just talking about in terms of, like, the greatest tennis players. Of course, but I'm just saying, like, I, I think it's dope that when it came to Coco... Coco... Cause Coco is is like under 
under Naomi. Well, they always win doubles. But they I, got 14 doubles, but I, but uh, titles. What, the reason why I brought that up is instead of Venus and Serena playing together, you know what I mean? Uh, vet playing with a rookie or a young uh, am, uh, amateur, you know what I mean? To, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, to to further double down on that, we are not competitors. It's not this new black versus old black type. I'm edge you out type thing. It's we. I'm we're grooming. It's not a good record though. Yeah, 100, 814 and twenty two hundred fifty eight. She had a seventy five point nine percent winning percentage. Mm-hmm. The highest ranking she ever had was February twenty fifth two thousand two, where she was ranked number one. But yeah, so she's ranked number one right now. Okay. Um. So Ashley Barty is ranked number one. Number two is Naomi Osaka. Mm-hmm. Where's Serena? Now? Serena's ranked number eight right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Simona, number three. Arden, Arden, Ariana from Belarus, ranked number four. Sophia is number five. Sophia Kenin. Is she black? I don't know. Where is uh, oh, she's Coco? White. She's white. Coco. Coco. Okay. Is that her real name? Mm-hmm. Oh, well she she's not in here. She ain't ranked top seventeen at least. I don't see her name anywhere. Here. Her name is Coco Golf. Yeah, I don't see a Coco Golf. Right here. No, I see it that that problem. I'm talking about in the, the rankings. This is the Wimbledon Sports dot com. Maybe their their rankings. She is, she is the, the youngest player ranked in the top 100 by the Women's okay, Tennis Association. Yeah, that's different. Her top career 100. high ranking of the world is is number 25 in singles, number 42 in doubles. She's the youngest person to do it. Okay. She was born in 2004. Well, yeah, I, I think that Naomi bowing out... Because her, that, that's the prime example of striving for happiness. Yes. Because they're, they're let me tell you what. Corey. When, when you, Corey is her real name. Oh, okay. Corey Golf. Um, but they just call her Coco. C-O-R-I. There, some people will say, like, I, I know the, I always say the saying, there is no amount of money that is worth my peace. Mm-hmm. Like, there are times where, like, maybe you leave a situation and you feel like, oh, but I got to pay this. Or this person owes me. The- I can't stop dealing with this person because they owe me this much money. Mm-hmm. Or I got to, like, going through divorce. You got to pay for a lawyer. Or you might have to pay child support. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, the fear of that is not worth my peace. Okay. I will pay whatever. If, if I'm indebted to this person for the rest of my life in order to get away at from At least them, I'm happy. At least I'm free. That part, boy. So no amount of money is is enough for me to jeopardize my mental health. And Naomi Osaka, um, fan of the podcast. Friend will, of the podcast. I, I applaud her for her, her stance. And I, I hope that this, I wonder what kind of changes is going to happen. That's what I'm looking at. This. Especially because it's, sports in general. It just is so new and it just started this she week. She picked up her bowl. <sighs> She's like, excuse me, food, please. I just Water. fed her before y'all got here. I don't okay. be starving my dog. Yeah. But, 
you and the listeners. Okay. But, but anyway, um, that just threw me off. But um, but yeah, I think just because it's new, it, it'll be interesting to see where this is going to go and how many people are going. Because there are a lot of people that are backing her right now and speaking up on her behalf. So it'll be interesting to see what type of sparks this will um, initiate. So the, yeah. to- the topic of today is uh, um, the struggle to advocate for your mental health. I got a couple questions for you, mm-hmm. T. Oh, man. What's the question? Question number one. Is it worth it? Is your mental health worth it? To, to go through the struggle to advocate for your mental health. Is what? Okay. So I think that you're asking me, is it worth it? Is it worth to do the struggle? To go through the back the the backlash you're gonna get from advocating for your mental health. Yes. Uh, I believe ultimately yes, because at the end of the day, people can only be outraged for so long. Yeah. You know, you think about think about like Muhammad Ali mm. and how he said, I'm not fighting in the Vietnam War. I will go to jail. <laughs> I will go to jail. I will lose everything. Before I go fight in this war of that I don't even believe in. That people that ain't did nothing yeah. to me. <laughs> yeah. In a world where people don't give a damn about me. Mm-hmm. And how much he suffered. Mm-hmm. He suffered for a long time. He was hated for a long time by yeah. America. And he had to deal with it. He had to walk the streets of wherever he was from. Or wherever he lived at the time. And still look people in the eye and move and do his thing. Like he did that for his own mental health. He did that yeah. for his own life. Yeah, you know, and so if you ask him if it was worth it, I would say. I mean, he's not long living, but you know, if you ask him of that, then yeah. he would be like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll do it again if I had a, if I had a chance." You yeah. Know? So I think that the struggle that you go through, though it can be difficult, I think in the end, it's going to feel so much better. Right. You know, you're going to realize that what you what you had really wasn't even real. Yeah. You know, and if any, if your life crumbles, if things that you've accomplished crumble because you decide to focus on you, then it really wasn't even for you in the first place. That's so true. You know, next if me if me caring for myself meant that I had to lose everything, then I never had it. I never had it. That's right. You know, because what was I doing to uphold it? Being somebody else, being fake, putting other people before me. You know, so yeah. Okay, so next question I got for you is, why is it so underrated in black culture? With mental health? Mm-hmm. Or advocating for your mental health? Yeah. Um, I think that's for multiple reasons. I think that in the black community, uh, are we talking about the community or are you talking about this culture in general people? Both. Uh, I don't know about culture because I can't speak for other groups of people. Uh, I would say from the black community, I think that mental health is something that we've never really thought about because we've been struggling with mental health from the beginnings of the America. Mm-hmm. You know, mental health has never been something that we had a chance to really sit and deal with. Do you think it has a lot to do with spirituality? Why? Um, I think there are multi multiple reasons why mental health is not something that we focus all our energies on. Mm-hmm. I think that we talk about uh, generational trauma. Mm-hmm. You have that. You know, you, you think about for men in general, like not going and talking to somebody about your problems and just dealing with it and being a man mm-hmm. and keep keeping that in, keeping that to yourself. And, you know, you got that and you got for also black people, like you can't trust everybody with your information. 
you know, you think about the psychology field. The psychology field is, is has and is at times been very racist mm-hmm. and very biased. Child started rough, right? And you think about think about a person who's gone through all this trauma and they're trying to raise a family, and they go and they finally sit down and talk to a therapist, and then they tell the therapist one thing that is goes against the mandated report. Now they get reported, and now they lose all this stuff because they reported by a therapist that's supposed to be able to listen to everything they had to say. I think that is, I think it's important to also, I don't know if you, I'm sure you did because you're a licensed professional, but um, I think it's important to, uh, to um, note that there's a difference between mainstream psychology and psychology, psychology for African-Americans. It's a yes. whole completely different set of things because there are a lot of things that go on in our culture uh-huh. that is not indicative of um, quote unquote mainstream uh, yeah. culture. We, we get know. denigrated for a lot of things that are part of our culture by this white um, patriarchal patriarchal viewpoint, uh, viewpoint mm-hmm. from the, the field of psychology and therapy. Um, you think about like discipline. Yeah, you know, we as African Americans, a lot of times we discipline our children a certain type of way, mm-hmm. and mainstream psychology is trying to say that, oh, black people are abusing their children, and they're they're reframing it as abuse. Now, of course, there are people out there who are abusing their children, and that's in any race of people. Facts, um, but no, nope, I think that the way that a lot of African Americans have learned to discipline their children. It's based on the the is based on the the environment that we are under in this country. Mm-hmm. Like we don't have the luxury of disciplining our children in alternative ways that maybe you know our white friend counterparts or our Asian counterparts can. Like our children don't get a chance to really talk back and mm-hmm. challenge, and we don't really get a chance to really do that. Not saying that it's right. Just saying that's just a reality. Nope. We don't get to talk back to, that's to, your death to law enforcement. In some places. We don't get to say, hey, this is not, I have a right to this. We don't get a chance to say that. You're going to get shot and killed. Child. You so you have to, as a child, you have to instill your children. Uh, if whatever I tell you to do, if the authority tells you to do this, you do this. Yeah. You say, yes, sir, no, ma'am. I don't see a lot of, now, maybe it's the people I've been around. I don't see a lot of white people, white children saying, yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am. Mm-hmm. I just don't see it. Whereas black pe- black kids are taught early on, you be respectful to authority mm-hmm. because that could be life and death. Yeah, if someone so is we, is challenged, so we gotta discipline our children a different type of way. But when you look at the systems that are in place, they try to denigrate us on how we mm-hmm. raise our children, not realizing that the environment that we have that our children are growing up under. Yeah, we're teaching our children to survive for real because a parent whooping their child. However it may sound, but a parent whooping their child um, for something is the difference between I'd rather whoop my child and they live to see another day uh-huh. than you get a hold of them yeah. and take them out. Yeah. I'm like, the the yeah. worst I can do to you is give you a spanking. Yeah. The world is going to kill you. Yeah. The world is going to take your job, your livelihood, your life. <laughs> You know, and and I I get irritated, and this is why I was this crying at the beginning of the podcast, right I get, here. I get irritated when I hear black people talk about how you're taking the slave masters' way of we discipline us, and we're using it. No, what are you talking about? You falling for this too? 
you are falling for this because because you are abused. Now we're talking. We're not talking about abuse. We're talking about discipline. Discipline, yeah. Abuse is. I'm mad. I'm gonna beat the hell out of you. Abuse could be a lot of things. Yeah. Abuse could be refraining I from can discipline. I call you out of your name. But also, not giving a child adequate discipline can be abuse. Exactly. Because you're creating a false narrative of the reality that that child lives in, uh-huh. and when that child goes out and they and applies the the viewpoint that you gave that child and it doesn't fit reality you're uh-huh. putting them in a, a, a dangerous situation you're not preparing because them for you're the not, real world exactly you're yeah. not preparing that child for reality and I don't know it just it irritates me because you know I I was a child who was who was whooped or whatever you know and my mom was not an abuser I would never say she ever abused me um, what I would say is even when I was spanked or whatever, my mom talked to me. Mm-hmm. My mom let me know, okay, this is what you did wrong. This is why you're getting in trouble. Mm-hmm. This is what you could do better next time. That's right. You know, and if you, and these are things you can do. And I would get my spanking. Mm-hmm. And somebody asked me, why couldn't she just tell you that? Because she needed to drive home the point of that. Just because we could, just because you do something wrong doesn't mean I'm just, somebody's just going to talk to you. There are real consequences. That's not how the that works when I your skin is, is black you. in America. It's not how it works when your skin is black in America. Yes. Not when you had a six-year-old baby getting arraigned for damaging public property over yeah. picking a flower. That's not how that works in America. Right. We not gonna sit up here and act like this is the problem with people. We gonna we taking it all the way back to season one. Oh, expectations y'all expect america to be something it ain't it's not y'all have to stop we looking. are not equal in this we're country. dealing with reality we're not dealing with expectation when you're talking about raising children people want to look well i expect everyone should be treated equally we we expect it too yeah, however should. that's not the reality should. that we're in and when it's not the reality that you're in you cannot just sit up here and allow things to just fall by the wayside because you're just putting that you're putting you're putting everything in the hands of chance at that point mm-hmm. we can't take that chance no we now we're talking about life yeah okay next question are we expected to endure more as black people is that yeah, the reason why we don't course. because even even in our beginnings in this country as slaves the consensus was that black people could take the pain and the pressure and the, the abuse because we were we didn't have the um, and I don't know scientific scientific terms but we could take on more pain mm-hmm. because we didn't have the amount of nerve endings that white people had and so we could we could go through surgery and not have anesthesia. Child, you know, women could have children and not have any kind of medicinal use. You know, and that and that is still permeating even in the medical field today. Um, and so, yes, I think that black people are considered these superhumans that don't hurt. Yeah. And so we are supposed to just take it. You look at the bones of slaves. They worked so hard to where their bones were basically there was no there was no muscle. There was no tissue 
in the joints. Like bones were literally falling apart, mm-hmm. and we were still working day and twelve hour days. Mm-hmm. You know, in the heat, not getting any breaks, not getting any water, not any nourishment. They would give us enough to keep us alive. Mm-hmm. You know, and so there's a consensus in this country that black people are meant to take on a lot of stress. Mm. You know, and we and we've taken that burden on ourselves. That was just about that was my you next know? follow up question. We've learned, we've learned to just hold it all in. So do, they don't even know that we're killing ourselves. So do you think that we are perpetuating that to I think ourselves? We have a, I think that I think yes and no. Mm-hmm. I think there's a part that we play in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that society doesn't necessarily make it easy for us. Yeah. Because we still black and we still in this country, we don't. Because in order to address your mental health, you gotta take a time out. That's true. A lot of black people don't have time for a time out. Sure don't, because the bills work. don't stop. You gotta feed our children. Our children are good at school. And a lot of times, you you talking about single parent households. So you got mm-hmm. a mother who who has to work full time, maybe two jobs to support children in school. Mm-hmm. You, you want her to take a day off to go see a counselor and talk about her problems? We don't have time for that. <laughs> I gotta work. I gotta. I gotta cook dinner. I mean, talk about you keeping problems. it real though. You. <laughs> I mean, it's just the reality of things. Like you know, people. So it's it's not. It's very hard for black people. You know, talking about the cost of it. Yeah. There are there are people out there who give benefit. You know, give uh, sliding scales. Mm-hmm. And you know, you have free agencies out there, but a lot of times they're not readily accessible to us. Yeah. You know, they're not in our environment to see. Yeah, you have to actually go out and seek it as a black person. Mm-hmm. You know, white people those resources, those resources are a lot of times marketed to you. Yeah. Whereas black people, I mean, you go to, I mean, and I, I work at St. Charles School District. You know, mm-hmm. they get there's so many agencies that are in the school. They have counselors that are ready to just give them give them counseling. I rarely see black kids. And also, like when even when you look into the um, criminal justice system. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like when you talk about drugs and things of that yeah. nature, um, rehab is always constantly mm-hmm. offered. You never, I don't think I've ever seen a black person being offered right. rehab for drugs. Right. Prison is your rehab. Yeah, like, child. You know <laughs> smoking that smoke. Smoking that smoke. <laughs> yeah, God. Smokey Roberts is singing to us. But white people, a few white kids die from a heroin overdose. Pass the whole law. We gotta, oh, we gotta get heroin out of the community. What we you gotta mean? Help. We gotta get our kids on heroin. They made heroin. No, they send, made send recreational. all their parents to jail, just like you did us in the crack era. They made recreational heroin yeah, uh, legal, no, you know, legal in Oregon. Did you know that? Did you know that? What in Oregon? Recreate. There's a such thing as called recreational heroin. Really. Yeah, you can legally do heroin. Yeah, because you got white white people that are using it. We can't put them in jail for it. It's oh, too no. many. Uh, y'all not y'all know what you y'all just need a little. Yeah, help. what you talking? What you know? What you y'all doing? Just need a little help. Come on, you just need a little, birthday, just, just a little, just a little, little sign. Yeah, but let a black kid be pick a flower, be, uh, put them on a window, smoking coke, or doing cocaine or coke, smoking that smoke or crack. And oh no, we got to throw them in jail. They're a monster to society. Child. Damn. Oh you know, Lord. Shoot, even the whole marijuana thing. Man. You know how many black people are locked up because of marijuana? It's, it don't make no sense. And then they, and then they uh, curved all of these, um, all of the um, dispensary rules. 
are so fucking stacked against they black, don't want people. black people to make any money from it. Yep. So they're yeah. trying to get all people who are not black smoking and smoke. Um, situated in such a way to where by the time black people can get to that point they've other people are so far ahead of them gang banging (laughs) so question does opening up to professionals have a negative connotation still to this day in the black community opening up yeah like Um, saying I go to a therapist is that still looked down upon I think it's getting better. I That's think that, a relief. I think that black people are now starting to realize that mental health is important. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a small group of people who are still like, what's wrong with you? I only go to counseling if I got something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always tell people, like, counseling is like going to a doctor. It's like one, your car, mm-hmm. right? Maintenance. you you got to get some maintenance. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't just go to the car shop when... Your car is broken down. You go get an oil change. Tibulator, fibulator, carburetor. You get your tires uh, rotated. Rotated, yeah. Yeah, you just want to make sure you can still keep rolling out here. That's the same thing with going to counseling. Yeah. It's just keeping you, even when, like, marriage counseling, like, like relationships. You know, me and my girlfriend, I told her, like, I would love to do couples therapy. That is nice. She's she's down for it, too. Like, I think that we all need relationship maintenance. Yeah. Because it's going well. Let's keep it that way. Let's keep it let's oiled, to weld, oiled. And then try to go get some counseling. No. Mm-hmm. Let's do it now while everything is going well so yeah. we can keep it going So well. we have a good baseline yeah. of what well looks like. Yeah. And so I think that that's, that is starting to change. Mm-hmm. Um, we still have a long ways to go. But I think that we're starting to see a shift in our community when it comes to mental health. People yeah. are talking about it more. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's becoming more normal. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Definitely. That was my last question. Okay. Well, shoot, where we at? We, Two hours and child. 23. Hopefully you only, only other thing that was on here was your question on Facebook. I'll ask it. Shoot, we still, we here. <laughs> he said, why so not? So, I posted this, this question on Facebook. And so, I'll give you the origin. So, in one of my man groups, um, they shared this post from this woman from like the shade room or something like that uh where she basically said that she would she was she wasn't going to give her children's last name to their father after she carried these children for nine months and they will get the name that she decides to give to them um even her husband what doesn't yeah it said let me see if i can find the post because i want to read it it wasn't super long either so uh, I'm, wait a minute I'm mishearing you Maybe I'm mishearing you I'm going to wait for you to read it I'm going to read it I'm pulling it up Pulling you, it up Pulling it you up You couldn't be saying What I think you could be it saying says, The lady says um, So her name is I don't know what this is like. Um, Twitter Her name is Keisha BG <laughs> uh, At Bratz 2021 ATL um, so she said, if we're not married, it's my child, and I don't have to give my child that I carry for nine months the last name of a man who ain't my husband. He's just a father, and there there's no long ties to him. Even if we're married, I don't need to give my kids my husband's last name. It's 2021. Wait a minute. How did you start off the conversation saying, if we're not married because you ain't my husband? But then when you get the husband, you say, still no. So, what the f- 
yeah, that post itself was just like whatever. But the post that I commented that I did, um, it brought up the idea. You know, I wanted to know like, what do women think about giving their children their father's last name even when they're not married? Mm-hmm. And so I posted the the post on my on my Facebook, and I got a lot of responses. Um, I think a lot. So the consensus that I saw was that um, a lot of women felt like if the father was going to it was if the father was not involved or not going to be involved, then they were going to give that child their their last name, um, and they would only give their child's father's the right to name the last they would only give their children their father's last name if the father was going to be involved that's the consensus now there were a few people who are like if the fa- if the child is by their father they get the father's last name right um, but there are a lot of women who are like no if that child doesn't have if that father's not going to be a part of their life or, how do you know I don't know if they don't, if it was a one night stand, or if it was just a random occurrence, or just somebody you were just sleeping with and y'all wasn't committed, and they didn't have any, they, they didn't show any, they weren't at the pregnancy, they weren't signed the birth certificate or whatever, then they don't get the, they don't get the child, the child doesn't get their last name. But what if the father is there and want, he just don't want to marry you? Don't know. I mean, a lot of those women were like, if the father's involved with the child, then. But yeah. what do you consider involved? don't know it depends on the person i think but that was the consensus i got what are your thoughts on that what are you, what are you <laughs> let me ask you what are your thoughts on if you and a guy are kicking it or doing whatever y'all doing and y'all not married or maybe there's no plans to get married whatever and y'all have a ch- child are you giving your child their father's last name yes because that's their father regardless of that's his involvement their father in their life. that's their father okay the relationship that they have with their father is up to that father. Why would I why would I why would I just completely erase half of their legacy? Mm. Because I'm upset. Well, some people will say just because that they, you don't get the father's last name doesn't mean they still not your father. You don't know but how, Okay, who the father? Who 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 who's your baby's father? Your, your, <laughs> who's your baby, baby daddy. You know what I mean? Like uh-huh. when you say who's my dad, and then my father's name is Chris Miller. That's why my last name is Miller. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So but if your name wasn't last name wasn't Miller, would you, your father would still be Chris Miller? Yeah, but then it would be like, well, why don't you have that? Creates more of an issue for that child that that child doesn't need to be worried about. That's a problem between mama and daddy, not baby. Mm. I'm an advocate for not creating issues for babies. Mm. Especially their parents did before babies even got here. So what happens if, and I'm not advocating for or against, I'm just asking questions. It, what happens if you give, say for instance, your mom gave you your dad's last name, Miller, mm-hmm. and your dad was not involved whatsoever. And well, you were like, well, I'm Miller, but I don't know who this dad is do you feel like that adds just as much struggle no i don't okay tell me why because logic? because i don't just because the dad is just a dad that's a whole lineage that's a whole family a dad cannot be involved in that grandmother could a cousin can a aunt can that's a whole family that i'm attached to 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Most children are raised by the mother. You know what I mean? And if the mother and father are not together, that last name is like the, the branch that holds on to the other side of the family. You know what I mean? So if that father doesn't want to be around, that doesn't mean that my grandmother don't want to be or the grandfather don't want to be around. Mm-hmm. I just don't, I don't, I don't, that's, I'm old school. I'm super old school. I don't believe in it. I just don't. Yeah. I just feel like that there there are other ways to deal with certain things, and you can feel one way about something at some time, and then as time go on, you can feel completely different. And you didn't you didn't. This is that child's name, mm. their yeah. name. Cause like when you sit back and think about it, oh well, I'm only naming you like this if I'm married. Okay, you married. Y'all get divorced in two years. Right. What you gonna do? Rip the baby's name off the back of the baby? Because y'all got divorced. Well, you left me, so I'm taking his name off. What kind of, what the hell? It shouldn't be predicated on that. That child is the union that you have with that person. Mm. If you don't like that, then maybe you should watch who you have unions with. Mm. That's a good point. That's, that goes back to that accountability thing that people don't want to fucking deal with. Mm-hmm. So they put it on everything else than actually sitting down and saying, maybe... I should watch who I go into union with if I'm having issues with who I, how I want to name children. I don't lay down people that, I, that I'm uh, not willing to have babies with. I'm not going to willingly lay down with nobody mm. that, that's like, yeah. You know what I mean? Now, you're talking about somebody who goes through rape or something like that. Then, yeah, that's yes, a different occasion. I can completely understand that. Yeah, that's different. Completely understand that, but when you're talking about you willingly participated and laid down with somebody, and y'all had a child, and then he decided he didn't want to be there for that child, does that make that not his sperm? Right. That sperm is still just as active. Because you have no idea. You could. You could be. You could be. You could. You could. Okay, I give you this scenario. You lay down with somebody. You had his baby with him, or whatever the case may be, uh-huh. and he ends up deciding he don't want to be in the baby life, or whatever. Okay. Y'all young or whatnot. Mm-hmm. You raise the baby by yourself. You get sick. You pass away and you die. Baby's seven or eight years old. Baby grows up, becomes a teenager, graduates from high school, and wants to find their father. Uh-huh. Reaches out, finds their father. Father wants to have a relationship with the baby mm-hmm. and re- re- uh, reconcile mm-hmm. because father was young and stupid at the time. You never know. We're not God. We don't know how right. the story is going to write out. So for us, to, for us to do things out of spite or because we're angry, like I feel like a name is you think, too- people, you think people do it out of spite? I think some do. I don't think all. Mm. But I definitely think some do it out of spite, just like I think some women keep their children away from the, their father, the fathers out of spite. Mm-mm-mm. It's a lot of that going on because this goes back to what we were talking about early in the podcast. A lot of women feeling like their worth is in a man or in their children. And so if you take one away, you take the man away. Now, all I got is these babies. I'm going to hold on to these babies until the end of fucking time. And I don't want them to love you too, 
because then I'm gonna feel less worthy if they love you also. Then I right. gotta make and I me do all that stuff for them, and you don't do nothing. But they, we don't get the same love. Child, like it ain't about you. Child, Tony, this is hot button for me. Because I don't believe in that I, I don't I just do not believe in Creating extra stress on babies That they didn't ask for like I deal with it a little bit myself and That's <laughs> like I said That's a topic for another time <laughs> But yeah I, I When I So my I mean My perspective is For me personally Any child that I have I want them to have my last name mm-hmm. That's any, I'm, I'm, First of all I'm going to be active anyway I'm, if am all my power, I'll be active. Now, you know, if the woman is not wanting that, that's a whole other situation. Yeah. But in terms of if everything being equal, I'm being involved. I want my child to have my last name. I value my last name. My last name means a lot to me, and I want my children to have it. Um, in general, though, mm-hmm. I I kind of believe I believe the same thing. I think that a a child should have their father's last name. Yeah. Whether that child, whether that father is involved or not, eventually, you know, sometimes people grow up and they reconnect. And sometimes you have a family member that wants to be involved. And maybe the father just needs some time to get his life together. Yeah. Or a lot of times fathers come back in children's lives when they're older. Yeah. And then they can have more of a, because they don't know, maybe they don't know how to parent a younger kid. And you know what? Like, even going. I'm saying it's right. Right, saying it's reality. But even when you go back into like what uh, the young lady was saying on the original post, you have to think about it. That name is that link for that father to that child. Uh-huh. You have a link to that child forever because you push, you carried that child, and you push them out of you. Uh-huh. You have that link to that child no matter what. The funny thing is, people. I saw a lot of women saying like they're gonna have my name and. Um, and that's it. The thing is, your name came from a man at some point. Your name is your daddy name. Your name is your daughter. And even if it was your, and even if it was, she got her name from her from daddy. From her too. daddy. It and always that's, came from the daddy. And that's and that's the thing. At some point in time, you have to. Well, just because you ain't around, you ain't getting. They ain't gonna get your last name. It's a pun. It's a punishment thing, yeah, and like, I just don't. Just get it back the I don't name. agree with it. I well, just, I, you know, maybe they hate the name so much. It's not about you. It's about their children. But this is this is the, this is their father. But this is why they I just, have their own relationship with their father. Yep. Mm. And guess what? Those children have the right when they grow up to take whatever name they choose to take when they become an adult. Mm. They can change their name. To whatever. I feel like there's a loss that somebody that cat. Now I I never been in that situation, mm-hmm. so I can't say what it feels like. But I'm only giving my thoughts on it. I feel like it's, if I'm a child that grows up and I have my mom's last name, and maybe my dad isn't involved. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a part of me that's missing though. I feel like, at least if I have their last name, I feel some connection. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If it, I don't have, say for instance, my mom's last name is Wilson. Okay, literally, my mom's last name was Wilson. Uh, my dad's last name is Gillen. Mm-hmm. If my mom named me Tony Wilson, I would. Hey, girl. I, how you Charlie doing? <laughs> my name is Tony. No. Last name Wilson. Wilson. I was wondering. I'm glad that didn't happen because you'd yeah, have been singing that every day. Tony Wilson. Um,. But I would have never felt. I never. I would have never knew what it felt like to be a Gillen. Like, I wouldn't have felt like my dad was my dad. Mm-hmm. 
My dad's name is Gillian. My last that's, name is Wilson. And that's another thing. Like I don't. I'm speaking from experience from having a dad uh, in my life um, as a young girl. But then uh, some parents, some kids grow up to resent yeah, their parent. But and so they want it. They they actually like the fact they don't have their parents. Last mm-hmm. time. But where did that resentment come from? But that's and that exactly like one thing that I grew up with and that my my dad used to say all the time this is this is the miller way this is the miller this miller this miller 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 and this is we the millers this is what we do this is how the miller you know that was the that was the thing and it was a big the big thing the big overarching energy about being a miller was we held a lot of pride into um old-fashioned ways Mm -hmm. doing things doing things with respect and in order in a, a very old fashioned way. Yes, sir. No, sir. That was just the Miller way. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so not that we didn't do that on my other side of the family, but that was just a thing. And even people who didn't, because my aunt, obviously she got married mm-hmm. and her name changed. So my cousins, they weren't Miller's, but they still were. This is the Miller's. This is the Miller way. Yeah. They knew that from their mom's side of the family, even though they had their own dad's side of the family. Also, mm. you know what I mean. But they knew that this is what we did as a family. Mm. You know what I mean. This is a a part of the decree of what it means to carry this particular name. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I so, agree. yeah, a lot of women had a lot to say. You know, and I valued everybody's perspective. Um, I guess I never, I guess I was a little surprised. Uh-huh. I didn't know that many women felt that way. I did. Um, I did. But I also didn't grow up in that environment. Every, all the children that I knew in my family had their father's last name, whether the father was around or not. Yeah. Um, I mean, my dad was around when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my brother, he got my dad's last name because you know my dad wasn't around really for him. She got his dad, my dad's last name. My cousins all got their father's last names, whether they were involved or not. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, also you look at like it's 2021 and women feel as though. Um, all right. Now, are, when your baby dating their cousin on their daddy's side, because they didn't know that that was their daddy's people. Yeah, that's a whole other issue. Child, don't get me started. St. Well, Louis yeah, too I mean, damn small. Yeah. So I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. I thought it was pretty. Interestingly, the ideas. I was shocked at everybody feeling like I'm going to name my child after. Well, like, look, I'm not going to be in that situation, so it ain't got nothing to do with me. <laughs> my child have my last name. Shoot. Well, if I had, go ahead. Oh, that's a, never mind. That's a whole other topic for another day. Yeah, I should. I was thinking like, if I was to be with a woman and then she says that she's not giving my child my last name. I wonder if I would disown that child. <laughs> totally. Like if I was sign my rights away. I don't think you would. I don't know. I think you would feel some sort of way about your seed being there. I, I think know. you would be very irritated. I'll be hurt. And yeah. I'll be upset. I don't know. I would think about it. I would contemplate signing over my rights. Like, well, shoot, he ain't have my last name. You don't want me to be in his life? Bam. Then you can take care of them. Don't be hollering at me for no child support. No. Because at least I was planning on being there. But that's what kills me. You don't want to name them after them, but then you want him to pay for them. But think it's... Child, because they want that child support. But you you have the child with this this man. 
You had you you laid down with this man and did and did what you did and did and had a child and did. Now you're saying, well, no, he ain't gonna get the child's last name. Why? You did what was necessary for y'all to have that child. Mm-hmm. Why now are you saying, well, he gonna get? Did you lay down by yourself and have that child? A lot of these, a lot of these women will say, and did. <laughs> It's a lot of women would be like, just because I slept with him don't mean he gonna get their last name. But that's stupid. Why would you sleep with somebody and you don't want to give that child the last name of their father? That's what I'm saying. Why would you sleep with a man who has no intentions of raising his child? Now you have men out there who will trick you and who will make you think they're the best person in the world. And goes down when it gets down to it, they really just interested in you and not being a father. Okay, I get that. Okay, but. At the end of the day, you lay down with that man. You should have gotten to know that man for a long period of time before you allowed that man to put you in a position where you could have been with child. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like you said, accountability must take place. Yeah. And stop trying to hurt the other person because you're upset. Mm-hmm. You know, because you're only hurting your child. Because it's a lot of that going on. And then, like, I think that even when your child grows up to be resentful of their father. I think a lot of times they parent, resent the mother too. I think, well, I think that parents, I think that mothers are resentful of the father, mm-hmm. and they project that onto the children. Mm-hmm. Maybe not intentionally, some intentionally, but it's definitely some unintentionally. It's definitely intentionally. Just like when you have a mother who is afraid of dogs, and then all their kids are afraid of dogs. Them kids ain't afraid of dogs. Them kids are afraid of the fact that their mother, who is quote unquote god on earth to them is afraid of something yeah, so yeah. that makes them fearful of it yeah that's why you have to watch what you do and how, like it's, child, a little, it's, a little non, it's a little non-verbals that that a person can give off to influence a child's behavior mm-hmm. like if every time my dad comes up you never say anything about him you don't even speak highly of them you don't speak positively of them then i'm going to gather that oh there's nothing positive about this person yep but if I if I if my dad's name come up and everybody's like, oh, he was a good person, or he's your father, and one day you'll meet him, one day you, you talk him up in a way that's exciting, it, then I want to think, oh, one day I want to meet my dad. Maybe you know what's day. popping into my head while you talking? What? Um, the temptation. Uh, Papa was rolling song. Oh yeah. You never, mama never told me. Mama just told me bad things about him. Mama, yeah. I'm depending on you that's to why, tell me the truth. Daddy, why y'all was on the route? <laughs> <laughs> why you saying like that? I, I want to see that clip. Before we go today, I want to see that clip. We still got to do our affirmations. And yes, we do. Too. yes, we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> Daddy, why was you on the road? Daddy, why y'all was on the route? <laughs> I say, why are you? You gonna type it in and make always <laughs> on. Oh, here we go. Why are you always on the road? Here it is. Oh, this is son. This is from YouTube, guys. Oldest in the sun playing basketball.
what you do, you need to. Why are you always on the road? It's my job, that's what I do. It's your job to be my father. Yeah, that's right. So do it, be my father. He said, why y'all was on the road? Why y'all was on the road? Why y'all was on the road? It's my job. It's what I do. It's your job to be my father. So do it. Be my father. Yes. On the flip side, Denzel and Fenza said, I just had to take care of you. I didn't have to like you. And don't. Dang. (laughs) You could have had that day. I I put food on the table. I put clothes on your back. I take care of the house. It wasn't me liking you was never part of the deal. Child. Not at all. Talk about some trauma. <laughs> Anyways, that's shoot. Anyways, we are at the end of the road. Although we go to the end of the road, still I can let go. It's unnatural. You belong to me. I belong to you. Oh, I'm playing that song on the way home. I took the low note. <laughs> Go to the end of the road. You, you super low. I can't get that Baby. low. <laughs> <laughs> he always come in talking. I never meant to make you cry. I And I didn't see. Love me again, I can love you before. Give me another chance. Right. All right, boy, if you don't shut up. Swallow my pride. I'm I'm definitely playing that song when I get home. I'm putting both of my headphones in. I'm blasting it. All right. So, these week's affirmations are I will make time to take care of me. I will make time to take care of me. Mm. I will make time to take care of me. Why y'all was on the road? <laughs> <laughs> Next. Next. Um, I am responsible for me, so I will act like it. I am responsible for me, so I will act like it. I am responsible for me, so I will act like it. My goal is always to type it before you say it the second time. <laughs> I, I, I see you. It's like my personal goal. <laughs> Go ahead. Third one. I prioritize oh, my man. mental health. <laughs> you you said, bro, that's all over the keyboard. You, you distracted me. I prioritize my mental health above all else. I prioritize man. my mental health above <laughs> all else. Prioritize is one of the words. You be like, damn, all my fingers moving on this one. I prioritize <laughs> my mental health above all else. Else. Yeah. Those are the affirmations for this week. Okay. Affirmations. Um, I think the journal prompt. I I went back and forth today about what I wanted to do. Um. Damn. 
That's okay, how she that's feel the about baby. That's the that's doggy. how she feel about you going back and forth. Like, Look, let's get to it, brother. <laughs> um, so I think my journal prompt from this week will be in, in the spirit of today's episode. It would be what are okay, who hold on, let me get it. Let me get it together. Hold on. Um mm, okay. The journal prompt for today is what would it take for you to prioritize your mental health? What sacrifices would you have to make to prioritize your mental health? And is it worth it? Mm. So, so I'll read that again. So what are you doing to prioritize, and I'm using that word, <laughs> your mental health? What sacrifices are you making and prioritizing your mental health and is it worth it? <laughs> what? I'm trying to write. I'm not as fast oh, writing you, as you, you are type. <laughs> That prioritize where it be getting. <laughs> is it helping? What? Say, so is it helping? Oh no! Um, what are you doing to prioritize your mental health? What sacrifices are you making? Is it worth it? Okay. Well, that's all we got for this this podcast. This was a long one. This was our longest to date. This was almost three hours yes, long. Yes, yes, yes. But it was a nice. I, I wouldn't take back anything we said today. Nope. I feel like we had a nice intro. Mm-hmm. We talked about something a little different. A little different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we went all over the place. But yeah, um, today was great. Had a lot of fun talking about a lot of different topics. And it definitely made me think of things that we want, we should talk about in the future. Absolutely. We, we, we kind of like skip past a few different topics that I think. Skip that diddly D. Skip that That's what we did. Yep. <laughs> That was a that was a uh, meme that was posted. It was like, "What do you say? In your, what do you say in your head during sex that you don't say out loud?" Please, not that. And I was like, "Skip that doo-doo-doo. I feel like I say that in my mind. Skip that in what context would you? I don't know. Maybe you just hit it from the back. You'd be like, "Skip that Maybe you're about to come. You're like, "Skip that <laughs> I don't know. I thought like you said so many. I'm so glad you're not saying it out loud. So glad. I think before I die, I have to do it once. <laughs> Please don't. Are you like getting ahead or something? You'd be like, skip that dilly That's not gonna go well for you. If you getting, if you getting, that's not gonna go well for you. Nah, don't do that. Bite you from there. Yep. No, that might not be good. That's not gonna go well. What if you down there giving fellatio? <laughs> what if you give a fellatio as a man? You give a fellatio, and all of a sudden, in the middle of it, you'd be like, Skid that diddly dee. I wonder if that would feel good to a woman. Skid that diddly Boy, turn her off. I want the bike singing. Skip that I guess that you would get it out. I'd be like, <laughs> 
<laughs> we just got dark. We just got dark and X-rated in here. I'm sorry, guys. We just we were just talking about mental health and all of this. Laughter is a part of mental oh, yes, health. Yes, it is. It got really is. Life we got to tie it all in. You just say what would you what do you well what do you say in your mind doing intimate relations that you shouldn't say outside. <laughs> <laughs> or, or historically, maybe not now. Right. I, mean, um, I ain't putting your business out there. I don't know what you're doing. You might be out here throwing it back on. See. But I have no idea. Go for it. Um. <laughs> what do I? Right. What do What do I say historically that should not be said out loud? <laughs> it's so funny. Go ahead. I don't know. What have you said in your mind that you never that you didn't say during? I don't know. Mm. Let me think. I can't think of something that I be saying in my mind. Are you a talker? It depends. Are you like, oh, we, I love that baby. Oh, this is getting too personal. <laughs> Oh, we gotta. This is. Oh, we gotta have some. some oh, yes. He said we got stuff. We got stuff. Break hey, look, this open. Look, look human. Listen, the part, listen. Part of, of the human experience is sexual. Let me tell you so. something. Let me tell you something. T been trying to. He got a chisel and a. He been trying to chisel <laughs> through this goddamn gobstopper fucking shell of mine oh, to figure man. out some things. He been trying to get me to talk about things. Okay, we gonna go deep, but I. I did want to pose a question to you. <sighs> Something in your mind that you wouldn't say out loud doing intimate, doing intimacy. I'm a perfectionist, so probably something like, "Hope oh, I ain't do this wrong" or something. Like, oh, I messed up. <laughs> <laughs> no, my ass. Probably something like that. Oh man, that's not funny. It's it's not. It's not that's juicy. A- something juicy. <laughs> I wish it was. <laughs> I wish it was, but I don't want to lie. I don't know. That's a funny thing. I don't know. What would I say? Mm. I'd be like, I'm ready to go to sleep. <laughs> I don't know. This, but anyways. This over yet? It's over, guys. So you all have a blessed week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> then we're going to bless it after that. Bless it. I mean, hey, God pray loves for, sex, too. Pray for us, y'all. Well, I don't know. I don't know what guy like. Let's talk. Let's ask him. Let's see what he got to say next time. Um, but you all have a blessed week. Uh, get out there. Have fun. Search and strive for happiness. Do and advocate best. for your self-care. Advocate for your self-care. Your mental uh, health. Please share your journal prompts um, and your ideas when it comes to affirmations, things that have sp- spoken to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, please share with us. Uh, we hope to see you all very, very soon. Very soon. Um, also, before we go, want to say a happy Pride Month. Happy Pride! Uh, to all the peoples in the world. Especially to my black people. Because yes. uh, under... Because uh, rooting for everybody black. No, seriously, because we might, not, might have to do a segment on it at some point this month because that's a whole nother thing that's yeah, there's, talk about that. there's racism in between mm. 
That's a damn shame. You would think, you, you goddamn it, y'all fighting for equality. You would think that you would understand not to separate the black people out. Mm. But here we are again. Here we go again. Another hurdle. All right, guys. Well, you all be safe, and we will see you all next week. Bye.